With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. According to a new poll, Joe Biden's approval rating is down to 38% among independents. It's really low and getting lower. And I can't say I'm surprised. And this country's in trouble. We've got a Kellogg employees are going on strike now. We're being warned repeatedly. Today's show talks about it. Now the mainstream media is finally getting on board. Food shortages, what you can't buy for Christmas. Now we're hearing Dr. Fauci say Christmas is canceled. And then he comes out and says, actually, I, I misinterpreted the science. It's not canceled. So we'll, we'll see if it's actually canceled or not. But I will tell you this. When the news comes out across the board that the U.S. government could mint a trillion dollar coin because they have no money, I'm just like, wow. We're in The Simpsons now. It's a clown world. We're literally in an episode of The Simpsons. That's how insane things are getting. But my friends, if you if you were fans of the show and you listened and you then did research and made your own financial decision, you may be extremely happy now because Bitcoin is, is through the roof. Crypto is through the roof. And this happens. The machine, the establishment will lie and tell you something bad about crypto. And then they trick poor people into selling. And then the people who got diamond hands and hold on to crypto are, are, are happy as can be. I genuinely believe that this economy is in serious danger. They're printing money like we've never seen before. The M1 money stock is through the roof. Biden is 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 just collapsing. And now they got this thing. It's really funny. Jack Posobiec, uh, he shared this tweet where Joe Biden is sitting in like a fake studio version of the Oval Office with blooming flowers behind him in fall. And people are just like, yo, what what is this? I don't, I don't, I don't even know what it is. But many people, many people said maybe they're just isolating him because COVID or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's a bad sign. Like the president still. So we're going to talk about all this stuff. We've got a lot to talk about. Joining us today is John Cardillo. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, good to be here, guys. I don't just uh, rant on Twitter. <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm mean. I'm such a nice guy. I came all the way here to see you guys. Well, yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, used to be a cop. I was a cop in New York, uh, went into media, hosted uh, a couple of radio shows, then most recently did a couple of years on Newsmax, and about a year ago, just decided to go back into the private sector, doing some production and uh, finance work. Just right wanted on. to take a break from media. I get yelled at enough on Twitter. Mm. Yeah. But you do have all those spicy memes and hot takes on Twitter. We'll definitely get, get, get to uh, talking about some. a lot of this new stuff. We also got Luke Rogowski. Yeah, I got some very exciting news. I officially have a room inside of the Beanie Mansion. Ooh. And right now it's completely empty. And I, I, I think I, I would love to do an experiment if this is okay. There's a blank wall. Oh, I no. want to volunteer this wall to you, the viewing audience. Anything you send to this uh, Beanie Castle, I will have to put up on the wall. We oh will my. see what kind of audience you have to. There's a um, line. No, 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 no. <laughs> Every, anything and everything. I mean, it's blank. So, so whatever you guys want to send me, posters, anything that could go on the wall, uh, anything, paper or pictures, we will have to go up on that wall. We're going to uh, document it on the vlog. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, I think it could go It could go either really horribly wrong we, or we, horribly we, well. We have the P.O. box at TimCast.com. Yes. If you go to the About section, I yeah. think it's there. What's the address? Does anyone know? The P.O. box? Yeah. 
I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. In, in, the, the only, yeah, yeah. The only thing I would ask is that people don't use Amazon and they use something like Craigslist or eBay and try to purchase from other individuals. Uh, whatever you guys send, send it to, I guess, Luke P-O at, do you have yeah, At P.O. Box 1229, mm-hmm. Frederick, Maryland. Two one seven zero two. So yeah, thanks for having me, and I'm excited to see what you guys. Come it, up it, with. it was our receptionist's office. Yes, and Luke, Luke is like you know Jenna Maroney and Thirty Rock. He was like, <laughs> I am not doing this show without a room. And we're like, Luke, you have a whole trailer. We'll give you power. And you were like, No, no, I need a room. And we were like, What can we do? And then we threw out the receptionist and put Luke in the receptionist. Damn right, office. I need a room. There's going to be fuel shortages, energy shortages. It's going to be cold outside here near West Virginia. And I want to make sure I'm going to be inside uh, where, where the beanies are, where mm-hmm. it's going to be nice and warm. Well, there you go. And uh, I just would like to point out that Joe Biden is the reality show that no one would watch if he was not being propped up <laughs> by the American agree. government. Yes. But we see that in his fake set. Mm-hmm. Hi, everyone. I'm Ian Crossland. <laughs> I, so I don't hate Joe Biden personally, but I think he's one of the worst aspects of the United States I've ever seen. Yeah, you don't have to hate Joe Biden to be able to see that he's doing a really bad job. And I'm really interested to get into the numbers and see why independents don't like him at all. Very curious. Right on. Well, of course, Lydia is there pressing the button. I am. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Don't forget to go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to have a bonus member segment coming up tonight around 11 or so p.m. We launched a new show called Tales from the Inverted World. And there is going to be a mystery, ghost story, true crime, members only podcast with Shane Cashman, the host, and many other people. We're really hoping Alex Jones will want to come on and talk conspiracies with Shane, you know, with, with the stories that he's doing. I think the next story that Shane has is about ghosts and simulism, so it's really, really interesting. And we're working on visuals and creepy art and all that cool stuff. So definitely become a member. But don't forget, like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, share that URL right now, and let's let's check out this story. To start everything off, everybody hates Joe Biden. Okay, not everybody, but enough. Biden drops to 38% approval in new national poll. Majority questioned in poll say Biden administration not competent in running government. Now we've seen other polls. We've seen polls saying he's not, he doesn't have the mental capacity to be president, that he's not competent enough to be president, and people generally don't favor him or approve of him. And this is just like, he's getting peppered by constant bad press, bad approval. People don't like this guy. We have this, uh, this, this is from Quinnipiac, but we have this tweet here from Eddie Zipperer. Among independents, total approval is 32%. In the economy, 33%. Foreign policy, 29%. Immigration, 22%. Approval on the situation at the Mexican border, 18%. This is so bad. I have to assume that we are going to see maybe, maybe a red wave of epic proportions come uh, November. I see you nodding over there, John. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, look, I think these, uh, if you look at the polls, you dig into the cross tabs, and you guys have done it. I think those numbers are lower. I think Biden's overall approval among independents probably isn't out of the 20s, and there's an oversample not just of identified Democrats. But an oversample of independents who leaned in. I, I think I there's agree. a gross oversample. I would I would be shocked if he was out of the twenties. Yeah. Based on policy, forget the the speculation of dementia or cognitive disability on performance and policy yeah. alone. So, no, uh, look, I, I I'd have to say his approval rating is probably three percent, and that's just because of the margin of error. Yeah. I don't know anybody who likes the guy. No, and you go to the, I I don't remember a time in my life when I've gone to the supermarket or a Walgreens and there have been empty shelves. Mm. 
This yeah. is unheard of, and but, but it's and been it's, going on. Yeah, and yeah. it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get exacerbated. I, I mean, there's eight political college students literally screaming, let's go, Brandon, everywhere <laughs> yeah. across yeah. the country. Yeah. I mean, there's an yeah. epidemic of this, and it's Problem. absolutely mind-boggling to see because like, colleges don't yeah. care. They don't get involved in politics. NASCAR doesn't really get involved in politics. They may even wave the flag once in a while, but they're not even that political. It's about sports. It's about letting loose. And even then, you have cheers of people. There was a, a congressional baseball game. Even then, he got booed. Yeah. Yeah. They showed him on the national teleprompter, on the big teleprompter in front of everyone. So, again, what is there to that's, like? That's it, brutal. Yeah. It, that, that, that's where the Democrats and the Republicans are being nice to each other at the baseball game. Yeah. And they booed, booed him Biden. there. Well, in Michigan today, he got booed. I mean, that crowd, the people that cheered him, it was depressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, it sounded like a Simpsons. Here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Hey. <laughs> I'm convinced it's not a simulation that we're in. It's a AI generated sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. People are watching and laughing the whole time. The mainstream media put him in there, right? I think we could we could make that argument there. They would be running and applauding if he did anything good. They don't have anything to run and applaud for no. because he's not doing anything. Can we even name anything that the left has had a victory when it comes to well, Joe Biden with? Well, Is there anything? There, if you support the Taliban, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. be well, cheering and celebrating. Dis- destroying the United... Look, <laughs> this is the... This drug, is, drug cartel members, Taliban members have never been happier. Right, yeah. right. At least uh, th- there's that. That's but think about is. where we are as a nation That's his right approval now. rating yeah. right now. Yeah. 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 They're like, yeah. Among independent voters, it's zero. Yeah. Democrats... <laughs> You know, zero and Republican zero, but among cartel members, yeah. and the Taliban, supporters yeah. of the Taliban, it's at ninety-seven percent. Yes, it's. But we've got a corporate media, and this is look. I'm not even trying to be funny, but it sounds funny. We've got a corporate media that has set the performance bar for the president and vice president of the United States to being able to order his own ice cream and her being able to flip a coin. I mean, this is where we are. I, I look at you, you saw that story about Merrick Garland going after the parents. The oh, yeah. Stuff. So for those that aren't familiar, you've got parents protesting critical race theory and masks and vax mandates. And now the DOJ, for some reason, thinks that local issues of harassment is a federal level yeah, issue. Ridiculous. But I see that and I'm like, the only reason they're doing that, I think, is because we now know the emperor has no clothes. Hmm. Uh, I, I remember talking to somebody about the ATF and like the NFA. And they said, you know, one of the issues with enforcing the gun control stuff is that there's not enough ATF agents to police the entire country. Yeah. Just literally not possible. Not enough cops in general. Right, right. Yeah. So, and, and, and even for New York, I mean, how many, right. how many cops are in New York? Yeah, yeah, even like time. 38,000 30, 30, sworn yeah. and then about another 15,000 civilian and support it's a lot staff. Of people. It's a big agency. But, it's, it's huge. but think yeah. about how many people are in New York. I mean, yeah. in the metro, what is it, like 9 million or 10 Yeah, million? and that's just NYPD. But yeah, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's so $5 billion if, dollar budget. So if NYPD's big, yeah, around five billion. If everybody was breaking the law, the police literally couldn't do anything about it. Nothing. However, I think you know because of that, what we're seeing with the federal government, you know, slamming an iron fist, they're they're desperately trying to get people to believe they have the power they don't have. That's right. But you said it right, Tim. I mean, harassment, uh, threats. These are not federal. There's no mechanism by which the FBI can prosecute these people, maybe in D.C., in the district, because they don't have their own DA they've got. They use the U.S. Attorney's Office, yeah. but around the country. It hasn't stopped them these before, local, though. These are local. You're, you're talking right, about the FBI that literally makes up charges out of thin air. It goes against yeah. Michael Flynn, goes against uh, yep. Mr. Stone, uh, not Roger Stone? Roger, yeah. Roger Stone yeah. for, for lying to Congress. They've been doing it and he lies to Congress nonstop. They've been yeah. doing it for years. Yeah. They've been doing it for years. Clapper admittedly, the old DNI, James Clapper admittedly lied to Congress about spying on Americans, the NSA yeah. being weaponized against Americans. They didn't even reveal this until the statute of limitations expired. Yeah. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's, now, a, big, the, uh, the, there's the, a big ATF scandal today, too. I don't know if you guys I saw that. it in the yeah. news. CBS yeah. News is reporting that there's undercover allegations of fraud, waste, and abuse at the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, mm-hmm. potentially involving hundreds of millions of tax dollars. Not surprised. Not surprised. Yeah. But but look, this is this might be a little bit of what inside baseball. You know, we, we all pay attention to politics. Right. I think a lot of the people who are watching the show absolutely are tuned into politics. But what about these approval ratings? What, what about the sentiment, you know, of the regular American people? How do we get to the point... Where people who go to a Jets game are chanting, let's go, Brandon. I mean, not, yeah. not literally, but you get the point. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? I, I got to tell you, I know a lot of people. Everybody knows a lot of people. But I go on Facebook and there's all these default Democrat types who don't know anything. Republican bad. And I watch Stephen Colbert and I believe, you know, whatever they tell me. And now they're freaking out. Yeah. yeah. I, I got this is the craziest thing. A communist who, who's follow, who follows me on Facebook said to me. We can agree the vaccine mandates are statist authoritarianism. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Where, okay, where do we go? We, we're here. This is good. You're Antifa. Okay. Now, now we agree here. Okay, what can we do? Yeah, where do we go from here? How do we stop it? But you make a good point. Look, here's what I think. Here's why I think those approval ratings are what they are. Because I think we're now with Biden's abysmal performance in an almost apolitical place. And here's what I mean. I don't care who you talk to. I don't care if you talk to a lib. I don't care if you talk to a conservative, a dem, you know, an R. At the end of the day, I think most people care about three fundamental overarching issues, money, safety, family, right? And within those are money. Do I make more money? Am I going to get a raise? Am I financially comfortable? And safety can be anything from not being killed in a terror attack to not being mugged going to your car. Biden fails every metric on every issue exceedingly and demonstrably Mm. there isn't one core fundamental issue so i talk about i live in blue broward county florida people say well you know you got those soccer moms yeah okay those soccer moms vote d but do you know what else they vote for they vote to keep that off-duty cop in his uniform in his marked car in the driveway of their hoa at night so their kids sleep safely defund the police doesn't sell with them they want their kids to go to good schools they'd rather a stem curriculum not a crt curriculum Mm. so on every issue of importance to normal people. I don't care about your political persuasion. President gets up, gets up, goes to work to support themselves, their family. The Biden administration is failing miserably, and I think that's translating but into those poll numbers. There is one area where the Biden administration is ex- is doing exceedingly well at failure. It's, it's, well, I was, I was going to say it's uh, at being ripe for parody. Oh, yeah, okay, maybe yeah. dark yeah. humor. You yeah. know, because we we've laughed several times into the show, and it's kind of funny because it's like imagine being on a plane that's spiraling out of control and going down, <laughs> and we're like that pilot's a dumbass. <laughs> we're all oh laughing. Gosh. It's like, dude, we're on this plane we're on too. We're on the man. same plane as well. Yeah. Uh, usually, the economy is correlated with a president popularity and the economy is tanking and we have to understand that this huge larger financial bubble is about to pop uh the reckoning that we're seeing not with just the labor shortages not just with the supply shortages but with the restrictions and mandates that are still in place right now as we're speaking we are headed to a very dangerous time with very serious problems to our energy sector 
to our power grid sector, to a lot of commonly used things that we take advantage of. And that's why a lot of people are predicting a very cold and harsh winter uh, coming up in just a few weeks from now. And I've been talking about it for a very long time. All the signs are there on the wall. Trouble is ahead, and it's going to be very serious financially. And that's going to, of course, correlate with the presidency that just tells you that trillions of dollars are really zero dollars. And they keep printing it out of thin air, and they keep allowing the Federal Reserve literally just to keep pressing that button insanely to bail out all of their friends, to give it to all the banksters, to literally wash it out all through Wall Street as the rich get richer and everyone else gets screwed. And we have the record numbers of inflation, uh, which is uh, terrifying to I, see. I love showing the M1 money stock. Yeah. This as often as possible so people oh get an understanding. Gosh. So here you can see, you know, going back to 1960, it's like the money supply was expanding oh, and no. it stayed under 2,000 billions of dollars. And then around the market crash, it starts to go up a little bit more substantially faster, doubling within the span of 10 years. And then they change the rules to make savings accounts liquid. And all of a sudden, the money supply jumps up by 12,000 billions. But the important thing you need to understand is since then, it's actually been dramatic, like skyrocketing faster than it's ever been, even though they changed the rules. And a lot of people are like, see, they changed the rules. No, no. It's like they're yep. dumping money like crazy. Yeah. And now they're saying, we're going to pour platinum into a mold <laughs> and have it say $1 trillion, And then we have the money. Yep. Oh. Um, um, imagine that kind of Monopoly money, you know, Disney World money level garbage. People are just going to believe that? The Ponzi scheme is unraveling in front of everyone's eyes, yeah. and they're they're realizing the money I have, the, the the trust I have in the system is slowly dwindling away. Because just like inflation, inflation is one of the largest taxes against people's savings. Their money is being eviscerated right in front of them. They worked hard for it for the rest of their lives, and now it's being taken away by an, a crazy administration that wants to have more diversity and woke programs in schools and jobs and everywhere else. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely in. in Saying to understand the, the numbers here because people don't even quantify. They hear trillion. They don't understand the true reality of that number and how vast but and huge it actually is. Is Joe Biden the patsy? Yes. Yeah, I think he he's is. A puppet. I mean, I think he definitely is. Look, I, doesn't that set at the uh, old executive office building tell you something? I don't yeah, remember president that? doing that. That's just creepy. What it's was yeah. that? But you know, he had, to, a, he had a fake so set that weird. looked like the Oval Office. That's yeah. where he at allegedly the, got his booster shot. Yeah. But allegedly. where, where, where was it? It was at the OEOB across the street, yeah. the old executive office building, because they said their excuse is the lighting. It, it was a larger room where they could set up a studio yes. and set up lighting and ca- give me a break. Yeah, you that's broadcast. Like, yeah, we, we, we show the president in the Oval Office. Yeah, for all the time. Yeah. Showing the president in his office as a show of strength. Have we lost the White House or something? Is something going on we don't know about? It's bizarre. But, you know, to Luke's point about uh, inflation, you know, typically a president can survive even if they're horrible on one issue. But how do you survive when you're this abysmal on the economy? You're this abysmal on crime. And you're telling America every day. I mean, you're telling America every day that there is no justice. There is an equal justice. You brought up, Tim, you know, Merrick Garland sending FBI agents to PTA meetings. This is sheer insanity. Well, I don't know if he's gone that far, though. Well, but what I'm saying is that that, right. okay, that's hyperbole. But my point is the mere fact the Attorney General of the United States would say, if you speak up at a school board meeting and we arbitrarily don't like what you said, because look, they haven't defined. I thought that uh, Josh Hawley did a great job uh, questioning that woman from DOJ. I forget her name, but he said, look, you're not being clear about this. The terms you use, I'm paraphrasing, but he said the terms you use are arbitrary. We don't know how you're going to apply these terms, and that's a pretty dangerous place for America to be. So now you've got the person. They don't have to be 
politically astute or particularly nuanced, right? They know that if they get a speeding ticket, the average American tomorrow, they have to go to court. They've got to go to court and they've got to waste a day and they may have some draconian fine and they may see their car insurance raised by a few hundred bucks a year, but they're watching the elites get away with massive frauds and massive felonies. They're watching BLM and Antifa loot and burn and try to murder. They're watching, I know we'll get into it later, gangbangers in Chicago on video in a shootout not being prosecuted. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, I'm not getting this break. Yeah, this is, There's something fundamentally they're wrong They're watching here. people walk across the border uh, as they're told that exactly. they need tests. Yes. And now possibly even a, a, a passport to even a, another additional vaccine passport just to potentially even get into the United States. I do think that there's everything that we're seeing. I think it is having an impact on regular people. Check out the story. Bill Maher on crowds hunger. Uh, I'm sorry. Bill Maher on crowds hunger for mocking wokeness. Quote, for the first time, I am playing to a mixed audience. Bill Maher dings Democrats for a leadership since Trump left office. I would have liked a little more competence. Yeah. Bill Maher is not the, the, the most, you know, like fall in line kind of guy. He's always been, you know, I'll say what I feel like saying. But when Bill Maher all of a sudden is now getting a mixed audience, I mean, regular people are saying enough. So this is I, I think the guy should have taken the red pill a long time ago. It seems like he purposefully ignores these stories. And I do think that I, I'm willing to bet that Bill Maher deep down inside knows how bad it is, how screwed up the establishment and the Democrats are. But he has to be careful because his audience yeah. is all liberals. I mean, look at SNL. They have so much material to work with. They have so many controversies. They have so many hiccups. They have so many just absolute goofball, insane moments. And then they go light on Joe Biden. Compare how they treated Donald Trump. Compare how the media treated Donald Trump. I mean, when Donald Trump was in office, every COVID death was responsibly mainly because of Donald Trump's policies. The numbers are going up. Biden's not being held responsible. It's also who they work for, right? I mean, you take more at HBO. The powers that be at HBO are as far left as you can be. He doesn't. I mean, the guy's making a good salary. You know, it's it's similar to when people say, well, you know, if there are good agents at the FBI or there are good agents at ATF, speak up. Yeah, easier said than done when you're making that kind of salary, living check to check, and you've got a family to support. Not that easy to blow up your career. With a guy like Mar, you blow up your brand, you blow up your influence, you blow up your salary. I'm not saying he shouldn't do it. I mean, thank God he's not Colbert and the vaccine dances. Oh, That's man. Just, oh, that was so creepy and weird. Freak, weird and freaky. But, you know, you got to keep your audience to an extent. So how far can you push? Yeah, but... I think the, the real issue is Bill Maher lost his audience a long time ago. He may have. Yeah. I mean, he, he's retained his viewership. Yeah. I think it's like 800,000, 900,000, you know, yeah, viewers per episode. Yeah. It, relative to most other late night, it's relatively it's high, low. But for him, it's, 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 yeah. And for him, but it's low. I'll tell you this. I stopped watching a long time ago because, yeah, I mean, you look at when he came out against the Covington kids. <gasps> yeah. It yeah. was a week after the story had already been fact checked and then he came out wrong. And I'm like, dude, do you have Google? Like, I can't watch this stuff. And so maybe now he's finally realizing, oh, those people who used to watch me, I, I used to watch Bill Maher all the time since I was like a teenager. And now I'm older and I'm like, I can't watch that guy. He doesn't, he, doesn't even, he doesn't even read the news. He probably has somebody read the news for him and tell him what to say. And they don't even fact check anything. Then he comes out and has mar- mangled opinions that don't make sense. But he's now starting to realize what's going on. You mentioned something earlier. We we're talking about uh, Joe Biden's approval rating. You said on the three metrics, which is, I think, money, safety, and family. family. Yes. Overarching. So there's, 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 there are these... Uh, um, I think those are maybe not specifically that, you know, uh, those three things, but similarly, they say that if people don't have security, shelter, or food, yeah. they, they revolt. And so when you look at the Arab Spring, people were saying food prices were going up. And so people were, were backed into a corner. 
People who are fat and happy don't revolt ever. Mm-hmm. But when the shelves are running dry, the shipping containers are backed up in California, and Fauci goes on TV and says, no Christmas, <laughs> then people are going to be like, my head is going to explode. Mm. And then you see the parents show up. And that's how it starts. You know, we, we had Bannon on the show. Shout out to Bannon for being right. So the parents are going to revolt when they find out what, what's happening with their kids. The government reacts. Merrick Garland. Regular people. This is why Bill Maher is actually playing to a mixed audience. Because regular people who are supposed to be his audience all the time, it's not mixed. This is the same people who used to watch him. They just have been paying attention and he hasn't. I think yeah. regular people are on the verge of just snapping off. But you know what? But most, most hosts are lazy. I mean, I'm going to say sure. something about my industry, your industry. We know this, right? I enjoyed the research, but most hosts are pretty, not most, but a good portion are lazy. Yep. They come in, they sit down, they hope the prompter is already filled out by their producers. It's been populated. They get the stories, they get some clippings, they go through the motions. They, even when they're supposed to be opinion commentators, I won't name any names, but mm-hmm. they're lazy as sin. And, yep. and with that laziness comes terrible content. A lack of critical thought, a lack of critical research, and it happens on both sides, and unfortunately it's happening more on the right, and we're the ones who really need to be yeah. doing this. I was here with you guys for a few hours. You guys were researching intensively. I used to do that on my show. I could tell you, having been on, on radio, two major networks, having been on TV, that's not the norm. Sadly, that's an exception these days. Yeah, there's a lack of passion. There's a lot of yeah. actors, and there's a lot yeah. of people who abuse substances in the media business more than you would no. even be surprised to know. Get out! A lot of them are are using substances, pills, in, in uh, yeah. ways that you'd be absolutely shocked to find out about. But, but they just rely on their producers. These producers cycle through, right? Oftentimes, you find these producers are in their early 20s, zero life experience. They don't know the backstory on the story they're reading, the history of it, who the players are, what a player in the Biden administration might have done nefariously in the Obama administration. That that right. deep research, yeah. that understanding of the content, the historical understanding just isn't there. Well, a good example is when we had Vosh on the show. Yeah. And I was talking about, you know, to me, it was it's funny that to, to see these these leftists supporting Joe Biden because we were literally protesting him during Occupy Wall Street. Like he was the vice president. He was the partly, you know, uh, uh, he was a large portion of what people were angry with. The, the bank bouts, all this stuff it was under, under, under the Obama administration. And he went, I was like, I don't know, 10 years old. I don't remember that. Yeah. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. wow. And I, I don't, I don't mean to disrespect by that. He literally wasn't politically active or old enough to understand sure. what was happening during Occupy Wall Street. And so, you know, I think people need to realize this. When, when you wonder why the leftward shift happened, it's because young people don't know anything about politics and the right didn't do a good enough job teaching young people. So what happens is, the old school right has effectively been just, they're just gone. They're older folks. And now you have this millennial right, which is fairly moderate. Yeah. They so are. the wheel is, yeah. is, is shifting. Then you get these people like, you know, Jack Dorsey and others. And I'll give a shout out to Jack Dorsey for shouting out, you know, Rothbard and, and I, I, you know, things like that. That surprised me. Yeah, that was surprising. <laughs> but do you, you get the people working, these millennial leftists at big tech and they, they infiltrate cultural institutions, they take over. And then all of a sudden, anyone who is, you know, further right than moderate is, is excised. But I think, you know, with, with the Mars stuff, I bring it up because I think it's a good example of regular people reaching their wits end. They're waking up. But I, I don't want to be too optimistic. You know, maybe there will be a big red wave. Maybe people just don't care. No, I think the numbers show there will be. I, I met with a couple of headlines today, <clears throat> excuse me, with a couple of uh, pretty astute political strategists, one pretty well known on our side, on the America First side. And, and they're encouraged by the numbers. They're encouraged by what they see in 22. So I think we do see a red wave. 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But going back to your point about the culture, we are so far behind. Mm. I mean, we are... I don't, I don't know how we catch up. And part of the problem is we don't even understand. So many on the right don't even understand what taking back the culture means. I have these debates and even when I was on air and off air and on Twitter and they'll say to me, but we have Dinesh. Now look, I think Dinesh is a great guy. I love the guy. He's, I know him personally, but that's not what we mean. You, you can't say we have Dinesh when they have Hollywood. And they right. have the music industry and they've got the television industry and they've got every producer and they've got their line of succession at the journalism schools ready to take over who are more those millennials you talk about yep. Tim, who are even more left wing. They've got their generational lines of succession in place for two generations. And we're talking about documentaries. I mean, we are foundationally so far behind. I don't know how we you got to build technology up. that allows people to take it back yes. for themselves individually. It's yep. metaverse metaverse. Is, is the way to go. Technology, well, culture comes downstream from the technology of the day. And then downstream from that, you who, start to see politics created well, out of it. Who controls Silicon no. Valley though? Well, a lot of very strange, weird, rich people right now. The idea is no one controls yeah. it. It's a neutral ability for everyone. So, th- so that's one of the things that we're working on with the Open Network Foundation. Some of the work that Ian's been spearheading is, you know, open source social media technology so that people can't be banned. But that's just the machine. Like you're talking about building an Iron Man suit. Someone's got to pilot it. So how do you get to the point where the right, and I don't mean like the political right, I mean like the culture war right, whatever it really means, the the pro-freedom people, let's say that. Yeah. The pro-liberty, individual liberty, the pro-America, America first. How do you get those people to start building culture? Well, I'll put it this way. You've got to start doing it, and you've got to go faster than they're doing it. That being said, when you look at Colbert doing the vaccine shuffle or whatever, I'm not all that worried. You know, I I think, look, we this is what we're doing at TimCast.com. When you guys become a member, we've got the Cast Castle vlog, which was the first show we launched. Of course, we have this show and we have like I do my show and this show. This is overt discussion about political issues. It's in your face. It's super liminal. But then we have the Cast Castle vlog where we have like the dogs running around. We get the chickens, you know, they're funny and they make funny noises. And then we have like jumping over the Tesla on a BMX and we have skating and we go to the, you know, the river and we go to the technology stores. We go buy a bunch of weird rocks. That is just fun, random, interesting stuff. But that's culture. That's culture. That's culture. And so the goal is now we just launched Tales from the Inverted World with Shane Cashman hosting it. It's mystery, paranormal, ghosts, cryptids, true crime. And the goal is produce good cultural content and have your values translate out through it. So when we start doing, uh, we're working on a new pop culture show. When we start doing that, it's going to be talking about a lot of general pop culture stuff. 
It's not going to be political, but of course you're going to hear these opinions like don't ruin James Bond. And it's going to be very yeah, you know, yeah. d- defensive of good content. So it's going to be critical of Hollywood. And that's the kind of thing where you create a space for regular people who share your values to grow and flourish and for the kids to find a space where they can get good values and good ideals and share them. But the other problem we have on the right, and, and I couldn't agree more with every word you said in terms of also the content selection, right? This is engaging stuff. Our rich guys don't put their money up. Whereas yep. the, the rich yep. guys on the left do, right? And I've, I've banged my head again. I've had this argument time and time again with big donors, not just about culture, but even about races. You know, we, we just watched an election go down, a lot of frustration at county levels, audits, et cetera. No matter what side you fall down on that, the fact remains elections are decided at the county level. But you go to the RNC, you go to big establishment Republican donors, you tell them, hey, look, guys, Soros outfoxed you here. He's been funding DAs and supervisors of elections because he understands it doesn't matter if it's a general presidential or school board. They're the people not only deciding it or counting it. They're the ones investigating any impropriety. Yep. The Dems own 99% of them around the country. Yeah. You go to the RNC with that, they look down on you. Oh, we don't get involved in that. We get in, no, no, no. We go to the dinner parties in DC. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no. We drink, you know, cappuccino with our pinky out. We're not going <laughs> to go to some dirty county with the unwashed mashes and, uh, masses yeah. and fly over country. That's not what we do at the RNC. That's why we have Joe Biden in the White House. Yep. Yeah. In Dar- voter engagement, voter registration. Now, Florida was different. And people don't tell this story. In Florida, we had a very robust grassroots effort, and uh, it started a little bit before the election. It continued throughout. We had Rick Scott, who got rid of two terrible supervisors of elections. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, DeSantis continued that. With that, they shone a light on a lot of these problems in, in the super elections offices. Well, what happened? Story you never hear in the mainstream media. Donald Trump won Florida in 2020 by two and a half times what he did in 2016, doing no small part to those efforts. Why? Because money poured in. Money poured in and attention poured in. If we did that around the country, we could move the needle in elections. And if that same money started funding culture, we could start to move that needle. But again, they don't do it. So if we're going to place the blame on, we can place it on conservative content creators not going in the right direction. But we also have to place the blame on our big money that refuses to get into the fight. They won't step into the fight. There are some people who think, I can't remember who I was talking to a while ago, and uh I consider myself to be fairly a moderate. My, my my idealism brings me to like left libertarianism, but my realism makes me kind of just a moderate centrist. And uh, what I was told was they were like, the reason your show works is because you're not a suit wearing traditional conservative, but you're talking about freedom. You're questioning the establishment narrative. Yeah. And I think that actually is a good point. When you look at Turning Point USA, for instance, you know, they, 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 they do a good job. They're extremely effective, but... Are they cool? I'm so sick of seeing red, white, and blue sets. Are they just so obnoxious. Obnoxious. They're kind of cringy with some of the stuff that they release. But you you brought up some very important points because I think there's a reason why George Soros is literally giving over $2 million to Kim Fox in Chicago. All right, There's a reason why they're getting involved on such a local level. And the impact of it is right. right. We, get, we, we, we get all that. But how, how come every time you, you can have these people on the right talk about how they understand you're losing the cultural battle? The, the, the left is funding DAs. They're getting into the nooks and crannies in every, yep. in every single way. And the right still just has this culture of being stodgy and uptight. Well, America is an empire, which is a big problem because pro-America in a lot, in a, to a lot of people might mean pro-imperialism. I'm very much for the Constitution, what it was meant to produce, but I'm not for the, the takeover of Afghanistan and Iraq and the absorption of materials from around the world, military bases. I understand you want to prevent total war and the idea of limited war and, 
but I don't like that. I don't want to rip up the United States completely. But, but most yes, conservatives yes. are going your way. I think most conservatives, Ian, are, are starting to shift your way. I well, know I am. Was it uh, the American conservative, I think, who said, fire John Bolton, hire Tulsi Gabbard? Yeah. I think yeah. That, yeah. that was – and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. And I think most people on the right – well. On the America First right, right, looked at that and said, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're not putting in charge of economic policy. Right. You're right. telling her to stop wasting our money in Afghanistan. But, but are they the majority or are neoconservatives who are bought out by the military industrial complex who want more conflict, who have failed to this country time and time again? I think the Bush presidency absolutely destroyed the Republican Party and has put an absolutely disgusting face on the Republican Party yeah. because it's a party of corruption. It's a party of war. It's a party that will lie to you about WMDs. They have lost the trust of middle America because of that presidency. But you, Luke, your question is a great one. It might be one of the most important questions, and I think the answer is the 2022 Republican primaries are going to answer that question. Yes, the primaries are everything. They're going to answer I, that I, question. Because people keep saying, I, I, hear, I hear this, I hear two things. There's going to be a red wave in 2022, and then people say, and what do Republicans do anyway? What's yeah. the point? And that's why I'm like, go to the primaries. Yeah. Make sure the neocon, the establishment, thumb twiddlers or whatever, dilly-dallers, aren't the ones who are getting in. Put support behind the people who you know and trust who say they're going to help this country. They're going to help the American workers. They're going to help our borders. They're going to help trade. They are going to bring back jobs, not ship them off to foreign countries. Get those guys in the primaries. Primary McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Like, come on. But I'll be honest. The things yeah. you were just saying, it just sounded like rhetoric. Where you, were, I almost started to, to tone out while you were talking just then. Bring back jobs. Fix the economy. Like, I have heard that my entire life, and it's meaningless to me. No, yeah, because— What are you specifically going to do? Are you going to build a graphene facility in Washington, D.C.? Like, give me some specifics. What's your plan? Fusion generators in Ohio? The famous story is Donald Trump going to the auto manufacturers and saying, if you ship your factories overseas or across the border, I will tax you at 30%, and no one will ever buy your car again. Put your factories in America. Give Americans jobs. But if and your what factories see, here and your bank what accounts see? overseas, under then what's Donald the Trump's presidency, they did bring back auto plants to Michigan, and they invested. I think it was like three billion dollars. Yeah, it was a good amount. Thousand jobs. So if people don't have jobs, what happens? They end up unemployed in middle America, that the elites call flyover country, and they start doing opioids. They start getting addicted. They have nothing. They have nothing to do anymore. Nothing to live for. And they go to the hotspot slot machines and just gamble away, doing nothing. People need purpose. They need work. Mm-hmm. If they don't have work, they can't generate revenue. Purpose and work are different, though. You could give a guy That's a job to I'm, dig a I'm, hole. I say them separately. And another guy to fill the hole up. And now they're busy not looking at you, who's the banker, profiting off of both of them, but they both have jobs. And so they're it's, so it's, it's, actually, the- it's actually really simple. Right now, there is an establishment. Democrats and Republicans alike have been extracting from this country for decades, sending jobs overseas. What, what does that mean? It means that when you get money and then spend it on a product, it goes to a massive multinational corporation, and then it pays out salaries in foreign countries. The money leaves your community. When there's less money in your community, your, your community becomes impoverished, and then people fall to drugs and poverty and crime, and cities start decaying. We are seeing small towns across the country falling apart, populations leaving, kids growing up and saying, I got to get out of here. There's nothing here for me. Yeah. We need to, to reinvigorate American industry so that people have work to do. And it doesn't mean archaic, you know, old technologies that are pollutants. It means new innovations, new technologies. But so long as you have the Democrats who say, we're going to jack up the price to hire workers, we're going to then increase the tax on your corporation, but remove all tariffs, you're telling those companies, look, 
if you hire the, the Chinese people who are going to work for a dollar an hour and you don't got to pay them health care, we're not going to tax the goods they produce. You are telling them to extract from this country. So we need Republicans. I mean, I'll take anybody at this point, I don't care what party, libertarian or otherwise, who is going to say, we need to actually have some policy, some regulation that says we will not let you extract the value of American innovation and send it to foreign countries to profit. You are stealing from the American people when you do that. But I think I think you can even simplify that. And, and, and to both of your points, we need to distill our messaging. All right. Right now, people are pissed off. They are angry. Those primaries, I truly believe. And I've been involved in politics since I was a teenager and throughout law enforcement, I any private sector company I've been involved in has always had some kind of regulated product, whether it be firearms or ammo or something like that. It's simpler than that. You, we need primary candidates on the right. It's almost neo-neo conservatism, right? Let's, you know, out with the old, in with the new, that first educate America and they turn America on to the fact of what you said. Both parties are against you. Yeah. They hate you. They look down on you. You're nothing. You're a serf. You're meaningless to them. You're a worker bee designed to do the job they're 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 the lobbyists who pay them want you to do to enrich those companies so until you teach americans that the uniparty the establishment of both parties are the same people they hang out at the same parties in in dc they go to the same parties in hollywood that you got to bust because it's a cartel is what it is and you have to start likening the dc establishment to one of the mexican drug cartels it's all it is right sinaloa and 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 war is new generation yeah they kill each other but at the end of the day they're all enjoying money from the same pie and destabilizing the U.S. in the process. You have to educate the people. The candidates that come out punching and start pointing out leadership. You know what? Even if you elect me, you may like me, I might be America first, but if you elect me and you don't elect more like me, then you're stuck with a Kevin McCarthy, a speaker, who's John Boehner and Paul Ryan 2.0 and 3.0. So give me some support. Give me a caucus that can elect the speaker to move the needle. And most importantly, state legislatures. People have got to start learning that their state legislatures, their county commissions, affect their lives far more than federal politicians do. Until we bust the cartel up and we have enough bodies in there fighting, all of these things are platitudes. What's a good way to get involved with state legislature? That's the easiest, right? You just you can join your county party and and bring ten of your like-minded friends in, kind of be a jerk in there, get loud. And move the needle. Get get rid of the old entrenched people who've been there for forty years who have the same same establishment candidates that just assume they're gonna be reelected in the primary because nobody's gonna buck the system. How many states do we need for a convention of states? What do we need? Two thirds. Thirty four, yeah. I think. Thirty six. Yeah. We need two thirds. So is it thirty yeah. seven? Whatever two thirds yeah, yeah. of fifty. Yeah. And we have what, thirty five? Republicans. You need like thirty two and thirty eight for a vote, I right. think. So if we change number. the yeah. complexion of those legislatures, we may never even have to move to a national divorce. We might just be able to put enough fear in these people yeah. that they'll say, okay, the right is now serious and it's formidable. Because right now we're not. The yeah. Democrats don't think can steamroll us. You made a very good point, and I wanted to kind of add to it. Because when you look at the mafia and the government, there's not much difference no in how difference. they operate. <laughs> They're almost the same no exact difference thing. at all. Uh, thank you. Exactly. Look, look, look at the Fed and look at private, exactly. private sanitation. Yeah. There, there, there actually is an important difference. We have a chance to actually get in and affect government. Yes. we got to get in at the state level. Now, the mafia, you, I mean, you can try and join. You might bottom. have better chances with the mafia. I think I'm the only guy in the room eligible. Opinion. I'm the only full blooded. <laughs> you have no, 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 a, you need no, 34 no, states to call the convention and 38 to ratify an amendment that's proposed. So, if, okay. uh, uh, so I don't know how many. I think it's, what, 35 Republican states? Maybe not. 
That means if if you can get real America first state reps in these jurisdictions, and maybe even if having all these states, Republican doesn't guarantee they'll be in favor of this. Right. But if you get a few more states, if people go at the state level and vote for people who actually mean it, we could just have an, an what is it, an Article Five convention of states. Yes. What do you need the governors? I think it's state legislatures, and that's a lot easier to do. And then they can they can alter, they can amend the constitution. Yeah, they can amend it, but you need thirty eight to ratify. But the point is, you don't even need to get that far. Yeah. The simple fact that they see this grassroots groundswell starting to work, not just coming, but actually starting to be effective, having some utility, that's when they become very afraid. And that's what, if you remember, go back to it was the uh, Bush Clinton race, right? Bush was uh, uh, assumed the winner after he won the Gulf War quickly. Uh, you know, Kuwait was was freed again not that it's free but you get what i'm saying he pushed the saddam out of kuwait even one of my professors in college said george bush just won his re-election it's done nobody should run and then bill clinton played the saxophone on mtv <laughs> <laughs> really right and then what did bush do oh no i hear you you want change you want something new he completely pivoted he threw his 40 some odd years in politics out the window completely pivoted but by this point he was playing catch up yeah clinton had already you know, opened a gap that was never going to be closed and, and entered it into a, ushered in a new era of politics. But if you put a little fear in the establishment, a little fear, and you start to see, they start to see that the numbers are moving away from them, they'll do what you want. Yeah. We saw that in 2008 when the CNN YouTube debates happened yeah. for the first yeah. time. That yeah. was a, we were pushing hard on YouTube 2006 and seven for just control of politics as, as young Americans. That's right. And, uh, they capitulated immediately and then they put, those people, but they hand selected what questions got to be seen. I asked about the Federal Reserve; they ignored me. But I was a loud voice in that movement. Yeah. We, we we do have good news on this front, though. Check out this story from Fox News: group that works to elect GOP officials at state level showcases record fundraising haul. Republicans look to strengthen their upper hand in control of state legislative chambers. I think at this point, the state uh, is the most important f- function right right now, and people are heavily focused on Congress and the Senate and the presidency. But there's a huge opportunity right yeah. now. I think people are seeing it. Which group state. is that, Tim? Did they name it? So this is, is Alex. Uh, yeah, I got to scroll down a little way. This is our uh, the, the Republican State Leadership Committee. Yeah. Okay, we'll announce Wednesday that along with its strategic policy partner, the State Government Leadership Foundation, it hauled in a combined 8.3 million dollars in fundraising through July in uh, during the July September period, which the RSLC said this is the most it's ever brought in in the third quarter of an odd year. So that's that's that, that's massive. Yeah. They say they noted that 19 million, uh, that the 19 million dollars it and the SGLF have brought in through the first nine months of the year exceeds the total the two groups raised in all of 2019, which was the comparable, uh, the comparable off election year in the 2020 cycle. This is, this is big. It's huge. If the states all just start saying, look, California, Illinois, New York, Oregon, whatever, we don't care, maybe Washington, we're all in favor of these changes. The states can do it without the federal government's involvement. Yeah. We were talking about this yesterday, especially when it comes to gun rights that have actually been expanding comparatively on the state level, not on the federal level. And when you look at the states that passed constitutional carry, that list keeps growing. It's going to keep growing, and that's an amazing thing. And as I said yesterday, I'm not hopeful at all at the federal system. The local system might do have some optimism, but we also have to acknowledge here that the Republicans are kind of at war with each other. You have have the the Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, Lindsey Graham party, and then you have the Rand Paul um, 
Thomas Macy and, and other representatives of the party that are absolutely, totally different um, on a spectrum that's very wide. So so even if Republicans do get in, I'm, I'm still, to be honest, skeptical of them. I think people should be skeptical of politicians because there's a chance that, again, the, the same corporations that support the left support the right. Um, and it could just turn out to be a, another situation where we're just going back in circles. But I think there are more people now gravitating toward the Rand Paul, the Massey section. You know, look, you made a good point about guns. I'm glad you brought it up. It, it goes to what I said about you show you show them a little bit of fear. And they'll back off. The reason Obama never went after guns, he, he saber-rattled and he claimed he was because he knew he could never sell. Yeah. Southern and Western Trump went Democrats. after guns. Trump went after guns more, more than, than Obama. Obama ever did. Yeah. And his yeah. base put up with it. And that, mm, that infuriated me yeah. that his base put up with it. They put up with, with the, um, with the, uh, uh bump, bump stock, stock ban, ban, which was ridiculous. Yep. Yep. One incident. One, I, here's what I'm trying to say though. Even Biden's people who are politically savvy understand that if they were to try to pass sweeping gun reform, Mansion, Cinema, and Tester could never go unless they just wanted to be crushed in primaries by more conservative Dems and then crushed in the general by ours. They know they can't get this passed. The one issue that the Dems will always saber rattle on, but they're terrified of losing seats. We need to do that with every issue. We need people in these state legislatures and in Congress who put that fear into them on every issue, and we just refuse to elect them because we keep electing that. You know, I think Liz Cheney is going to lose her primary by about fifty. Because yeah. South Dakota, uh, uh, Wyoming rather, is not happy with her. Look, you said yeah. Christy Nome was one of the most popular governors in the country. A couple of misstatements, she's toast. I'd like to see uh 28th Amendment, and it can be really simple. It just says, um, re-Second Amendment. Yeah. Not be infringed. We're asserting it. Actually, it could be, I'm, I'm joking, but it can be a more, bit more specific. Mm-hmm. All legislation uh, related to uh, gun, gun, uh, gun ownership is hereby revoked, gone, that's eliminated. Or, or amend the second and just put that comma that we always should have put. The right of the people to keep and bear arms because we understand how tyrannical a government can be and, and add something about it is an individual right. The right, you know, boom, should the, not the, be infringed. It used to actually say that, you know, regardless of military service, you can bear arms. No. But they were worried it would be argued you can avoid conscription or something like that. So they said, we'll simplify it. But now we have, you know, I, we went to uh, the gun store the other day. And I got a, a Calico M100S. It's a fun little crazy thing, the Boba Fett gun. And uh, you can't have it in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So it's in my house is in West Virginia. And I'm just like, you know, we get all of these Democrats saying, no one's trying to take your guns away. No, just blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, it's a 22. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it, and, and they call it an assault weapon. Yo, they are taking our guns away all the time. There's a huge list of guns you can't have in all of these places. So when they say the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, and you literally can't own an M1A, which is not some futuristic sci-fi power weapon, then you, you, it, it's BS. So I'll tell, you, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. We can do a lot of good with the Convention of States. I'd be really happy if we just had any one of these members of Congress to at least try to repeal some of these garbage laws. Or how about this? There can be two laws proposed by any one of these you know, populist candidates right now. I'm not seeing it. Repeal the NFA. And yeah. perhaps some some overarching legislation protecting the rights of of individuals with the power of the federal government from states who seek to oppress their rights to keep and bear arms. Listen, I think you you get a populist candidate who just proposes to uh, repeal the NFA and abolish the Department of Education and, <laughs> I think and, that's and, and the ATF and the IRS. Well, yeah, let's reserve. <laughs> you guys are getting me uh, excited here. <laughs> like, watch out! Like, holy well, cow! I, I I wonder if if someone ran on abolish the IRS, would that would that win? What I mean, because you got to think I about. Think, I think they would audit their campaign to the point they cripple them. <laughs> but think about this. What, what I mean, 
what the Republicans would be like, what do we do? Like, if we go after this person, we'll lose support. So they'd be too timid and scared, like the yeah. establishment Republicans. The Democrats would be running campaigns saying, the IRS is good. Yeah. And, and how many people who have like IRS? They're, they're, you ever see those commercials where it's like in trouble with the IRS? Yeah, call us today and we'll negotiate your debt. Those people are going to be like, I'll vote for him. Yeah. That's right. I mean, Jan, they're already doing it. Janet Yellen came out and said the IRS rule requiring banks to report report all transactions over six hundred dollars is something that is worthwhile to do. She's defending that policy and saying we need to Dude, implement it. If we had a convention of states, I'd love to just see some wacky stuff. And I don't mean like overtly wacky. Just like as soon as it's called, some guy goes. Uh, Amendment 28, abolish the IRS. Here, here, and they all bang the Boom. gavel. Uh, Amendment 29, ATF next. You got it. Bang, bang, bang. But that's what would put the fear of God into them. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. FBI, see you later. God. Boom. You know, I mean, that's what we need to do. Because what we, we've, let's face it, there's no reason whatsoever that we should have. I think today, as we sit here, there are 144 federal law enforcement agencies. Bureau of Land Management has a law enforcement agency. Department of Education has one. Department of the Interior has one. It's, it's ludicrous. It is absolutely ludicrous. Federal Protective Service runs around and they guard federal buildings that have other law enforcement agencies in them that have their own uniform divisions that could guard the building. The, the amount of waste, the amount of oh, taxpayer yeah. money wasted yeah. on this, and it, it, look, the creation, it, it's, it was the creation of, of a, of an authoritarian police state. But it was also the normalization of it, right? People are so used to seeing so many different federal agencies that yeah. carry guns and badges and can lock you up and talk about the U.S. code, right? Every American wakes up in the morning and does something to violate some criminal statute in either the U.S. code, their state law, or county ordinance, everybody, even including like toddlers who get up in the morning. It's, it's ludicrous. And I think we need real reform in terms of repellation of bills, but you'll never see a bill repealed. I had a conversation right. about six years ago with a very conservative, put that in quotes, Florida state senator. And I asked him this. I said, look, we're a red state. We pride ourselves in being conservatives. I think Rick Scott was governor at the time. Why don't we repeal anything? And he said, and I almost choked on my yeah. drink. He said, we're legislators. We legislate. I said, but you're supposed to be a conservative. He says, yeah, but our legislation is conservative. I wanted to bang my head on the table. <laughs> <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> they should have sunset clauses written into them. Every bill. Every bill. Every bill. Recently, the government ran out of money. They were like, we don't have enough money. we got to raise the debt ceiling. How about you stop spending money you don't have? Yeah. I mean, why is that such a crazy idea? Oh, and the, the, we don't have and Republicans. Now McConnell's we don't have board. conservatives even arguing against that. Hold on. The Institute for Policy Studies literally came out that uh, the average day an American commits three felonies. Yeah. So wow. the, the U.S. Yeah. government 
is an abusive significant other who is a deadbeat, doesn't work, threatens you, you come home, smacks you around and says, you give me the money. You know I love you. Yeah. They only do it because they love you, Tim. Yeah, 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 yeah. The federal oh. government loves you. Yeah. Right. Now, it, it's really bad. And, and uh, the problem is we're now normalizing it even more, right? So with, with CRT and with woke culture, kids are being conditioned to believe that the FBI persecuting people who – listen, tell you guys a, a story, which is chilling. I've got a friend who's on one of the JTTF, the Joint Terrorism Task Forces, which if your viewers, listeners don't know, those are FBI-managed task forces in pretty much every major city, every major region. That includes state police, local cops, other agents from federal agencies. This is one in the Northeast in a large area. His team alone, and there are dozens of these around the country, his team alone received in one month almost 200 referrals from DOJ, from FBI's Washington field office on January 6th suspects 77 warrants on the bank accounts of people who weren't even in DC on January 6th they didn't receive one referral on Antifa or BLM not one and when they asked why they were told stand down leave it alone Hmm. now that's one JTTF team All right. if you don't think the FBI has been weaponized for political persecution you're not paying attention and this is from a guy who built his media career first on supporting analyzing and defending law enforcement it's abysmal. It's chilling what's happening here. They, they have weaponized that agency, but that's the entire government. Yeah, I that, keep tweeting. That's, that's right. Burn it's all, more, every institution. I mean, that agency trust. has been politicized from its very beginning yeah. with J. Edgar Hoover and what he was doing against JFK, MLK. It was absolutely disturbing to see the start of this federal agency that has been continuing to be extremely political when they're not supposed to be. And they don't really have a mission anymore, the FBI. They're like a sea of generalists. In a field of specialists, right? DEA does drugs, ATF does guns, they shouldn't, but they do. Uh, HSI is doing terror and, <clears throat> and a lot of the child porn and child trafficking. You know, like, if FBI wants to be investigators for DOJ, do public corruption, fine. Their national security branch we thought was effective until we saw what they did in, in the uh, Trump Russia case. I, I think heads need to roll for that still. Oh, yeah. But it's an agency really without a specific mission. And every uh, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Exactly. Well, this, this is why I've been saying abolish the police for the past several months. Right now we're at this period where, I mean, you look to Australia. Nightmarish. Oh, you ridiculous. can't travel. I mean, these videos that are coming out are getting increasingly crazier. People have to take pictures of their, of their faces. Otherwise, the cops show up. In the United States, you have conservative areas. They want, they want a right to keep and bear arms. Some of these conservative areas are in blue states where they have no right. And it is the police who will come and arrest you for exercising your Second Amendment right. There's a story I often tell of a woman who was, lives in Pennsylvania and had a legal concealed carry and crossed the bridge to Jersey, not, you know, didn't think it was, didn't understand. Yeah, I spoke to that woman. I, I know who you're talking about. This yeah. was a famous story, right? Yeah, and yeah. They yeah. turned her, like, she ended up trying to charge her. Had her on my show. It was terrible. <clears throat> she had wow. a permit in Pennsylvania. Right. And she came into Jersey, made her, actually just made a wrong turn off the highway, wound up in Jersey, was pulled over, and they wanted to put her in, like, federal and that was prison. A, that was a police officer who did that. Police officer, then it, then, then federal charges apply right. because she came across state lines. It was. So, so what I say is this. Look, if you're in a conservative area and you're very much pro responsibility, personal responsibility, gun rights, then you're not really worried about the police for the most yeah. part. Shanine Allen. That was her name. Shanine Allen. So, so we, we're, we're out in the middle of nowhere. There's, there's not cops nearby. You know, we, we don't have a large, we have, we have a sheriff's department. We can call and maybe they'll show up eventually. We, we it's, it's mostly for administrative stuff. If something yeah. happens, the responsibility, the onus is on us to defend ourselves and protect our, protect our rights and, and, and the best we can. And then afterwards, as soon as, you know, whatever conflict is being resolved, you, you, you try and get the police to come and sort things out. In big cities, you don't live in a big city. 
conservatives don't live there. Why are they supporting big city cops who the, the left are complaining about? If the left says they don't want police, then then okay, then we're in agreement. We don't live there. We don't care about how you want to live. Let them live the way they want. The big problem I see for the most part with, with policing as we move forward, under Joe Biden, Capitol Police, for instance, are being weaponized nationally. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of good local cops. NYPD aren't. They're, they're refusing to enforce a lot of the mandate stuff. But we did see state police willing to absolutely go totally unconstitutional and start harassing small business owners. So I'll put it this yeah. way. I'd, I'm not saying, you know, when I say this, I, I am being a bit hyperbolic. So I'm trying to use that, that phrase, which is like triggering and the left wants to say it. I do think there are a lot of really great cops. I think police are important. But if we're dealing with people destroying small businesses, be it Antifa or police officers, I say they shouldn't, it shouldn't be allowed. You know, there's an important distinction that there really, there's two, uh, there, there are two, uh, genres of policing in this country. One is the big city cops who work under an appointed chief. The others are the deputies that work under constitutionally elected sheriffs. Exactly. And you see an incredibly distinct difference in both. I worked for the former. The NYPD today is unrecognizable. So on September 11th, I was, uh, at the dinner, uh, Rudy Giuliani and Bernie Carrick had done a dinner for uh, about 200 people downtown for the 20th. I went. Uh, it's a great event. And as I was leaving, there were some young rookie cops out on the street and I was chatting with them. And they were outside doing security. And I said to them, hey, it'll get better. And they said, no, it won't. Not here. And they know. And, and what they meant were a couple of things. The political climate in New York City is such that the police are handcuffed. But the the, the real problem is that, and this is also policy inside the FBI right now, there is a litmus test for ideology in these agencies. The people that are promoted up, take the NYPD, anything up to captain is a civil service test. Anything above captain, inspector up to chief to deputy commissioner is an appointment. Now, you know full well that if a police captain were on this show talking with us and even semi-agreed, he's never getting that appointment in a yep. place like New York. So the cops then become instruments of policy for radicals. Now they've got a choice. NYPD cops are making 40, 50 grand, you know, for the first few years, living check to check. What do you do? Do you leave and find a new job? Well, the ones who can't stand it anymore do. They go to Nassau or Suffolk County on Long Island where the cops are paid two to three times more and the community likes them and they leave everybody alone and everybody gets along or they believe in it, they stay which creates an even worse environment in the department. You see such a difference in the sheriff's office. Because like you say, Tim, your response time out here is probably 30 minutes minimum. Oh, and yeah. that would be ambitious. That probably is ambitious. Closer, that, that would be like, I'm, I'm being as general, right, oh, maybe an hour. And the, the difference is in the cops themselves. They understand the need to be armed and self-reliant because their response time to you is an hour. That means backup for them is an hour away. If they pull a car over with four armed bad guys in it, they don't have any backup. And NYPD, we got on the radio 15 seconds, we had five cars there. Not not so in a rural county, right? So they understand that a homeowner who's armed, they understand the danger they're in out there alone. It's geographical, it's ideological, and this is a story that really needs to be told. This is 10 shows, but that's a problem. And the FBI is now emulating these big city departments. We're going to see more of it. State police, again, are a byproduct of the governor and who the governor appoints to run that state police agency. I am not a fan of appointed commissioners, appointed chiefs anymore after what we've seen. I agree. Yeah, elected yeah. elected sheriffs. And the, and the, I'm a big and fan deputies. of elected sheriffs. Yeah. In fact, I was showing your staff before we went on air. A friend of mine works, I won't say which one, for a sheriff's department in Florida where the sheriff is a dem, but he's a like a blue dog dem. You know, he's a, he's, he's a conservative old school dem. 
He put out an email that said, I'm not going to tell you to inject anything into your body. Here's a couple of news articles. I want you to be safe. You make your own decision. And that's our agency's policy. End of story. And this is a Democrat in Florida. Now, you're never going to hear about this guy in the mainstream media, but he runs his agency the same way. And the community, the sheriff's been reelected four times as a Democrat in a pretty conservative county because of the way he polices his county and the way his deputies treat the constituency, which I think needs to be the norm around the country. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's really, really funny when we hear from like Black Lives Matter talking about police brutality and racism. And then you, you get all of these, uh, you know, conservatives saying it's not true. The cops aren't racist. And I'm just like, New York is overly Democrat. Yeah. The people who are running the departments are appointed, as you stated. Are the political elites who control it Democrats? In New York? In New York. I think they're left of Democrats. Left of Democrats. Okay, so yeah. even worse. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. the left of Democrats. And the people they appoint then are ideologically aligned and oh. chosen by them? Oh, of course. When you, when a New York City mayor, for example, hires a new police commissioner, they bring in five, six, seven candidates and ultimately settle on the one that, A, the, the party line is has their view of how to police New York. Really, it's who's going to be the sycophant who... Let's okay. them run the department. All right, then. Um, are Democrats racist? I believe Democrat. The, I believe today's liberal Democrat is the most racist human being in the history of the world. So it sounds to me like the entire political infrastructure, be it police or otherwise in New York, is probably racist. And 100%. I'm going to agree with Black Lives Matter on that one. The problem is they then loop in all the other jurisdictions yeah. and the suburban communities. And I think this is where – but, you know, AOC did say we want policing to look like it does in the suburbs. So I'm like, okay, stop electing racists – following racist ideology, who then appoint racists, and maybe your police won't be systemically racist. You or know? just decentralize the police into smaller organizations, into smaller neighborhoods, communities, boroughs, whatever it is, because the bigger the organization, the more room for corruption. It depends yes. how you run it, though. I'll tell you, when, when Giuliani was there, forget that I know the guy like the guy, he ran the department in a way where it was the most proactive, the most constitutionally minded, and cops had... I would say under Giuliani, and there are statistics to prove it, uh, we had the lowest amount of complaints. And the reason was simple. When a cop was dirty, Rudy's policy was for him and his commissioner or his commissioner to personally go out and put the cuffs on that cop. Leadership said, we're not going to talk. We'll back you up to the wall if you do your job right. But if you're dirty, if you're abusive, your bosses, the ones that the public knows, not some captain in a precinct, the mayor, the commissioner, we're coming to put the handcuffs on you. And let me tell you something. Rudy Giuliani and Bill Bratton, Howard Safer, and then Bernie Carrick after him pumped more money into the NYPD Internal Affairs Bureau than they did into any other bureau. The policy now in NYPD, which has stood, Ray Kelly did it as well, is if you're a talented cop and you get promoted to sergeant or lieutenant or detective, Internal Affairs is first crack at you. They get first crack at the better people. They wanted to keep the job clean. Unfortunately, it's going in reverse now under de Blasio. There's a lot of affirmative action promotions, ideological promotions. The best people aren't being promoted anymore. And so I think you can have a large agency that runs well. It all comes down to who's ultimately calling the shots. And it's always going to be the mayor, right? Lori Lightfoot is running the Chicago PD. Bill de Blasio is running the NYPD. That's why you're seeing the problems you are. That's a problem, though, because you're always going to have leadership change. So if the system is built that a faulty leader will destroy it, then it it can't be large. I think you can't. It won't. Ian's right. We need a monarchy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know how you would. I think decentralization is the, is the way to go. I mean, even if you have a police de- department like in New York City based on boroughs, but you have a collective pack where you protect each other if there is a major incident and you work together and you practice and draw, I think that's more practical than having this large bureaucratic agencies because I remember there was a lot of also police brutality incidences under the Giuliani uh, administration. There were com- complaints, I, yeah. but there really weren't. I mean, I got the crap beat out of me during the Giuliani area by, by police officers. I didn't ask for it. I didn't deserve it. It happened. 40,000 cops. I don't have I don't have any uh, you know e- evil intentions or vendetta or hurt feelings. It happened. Um, I let it go. But th- there is you know something to say about huge big forces and the room for corruption. And I I think there's more corruption and more possibility of corruption than there is actually uh, possibility a, a, for a good problem with this in big centralized a, organizations. A problem with decentralized is that they might start fighting amongst themselves though without cohesion. They're also going to you take you take an incident like nine eleven. Who has command? Uh, Manhattan. Yeah, but it doesn't work that way because what if you're you don't have what, it, what would have changed? Here's here's what what, here's why I say that. Yeah. So for example, your emergency services unit which goes out there, your aviation unit there in Brooklyn. So Manhattan has command. So then who's ordering aviation and the big trucks over? So in a, in a city like that, I don't disagree with you that you could examine it, but I can tell you, having worked there practically, it just couldn't work. Yeah. It couldn't work. You got to have unless you broke up each county in, in each borough into its own. Uh, Governed entity, which will never happen. Anymore. I think we got to break up cities. Well, yeah, New York's too. Well, there, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Cities, cities, cities are a problem. I think city, cities create this environment of a coddled mind, where people are so far removed from the struggles of real of the real world, they become soft and 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 terrified, and you know they're 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 just these frail little uncalloused pink terrified individuals. Guns are bad. Guns are dumb. No one should have guns. It's like. When that guy tweeted 30 to 50 feral hogs and the left is all starts hooting and laughing and high-fiving each other, it's like, yo, that's a real thing that happens. Oh, but you live in a city where you effectively got a small army guarding you, so you don't got to worry about it. I get it. You know, I I love when the the left complains about hunting, like the hog hunting, right? Move down to Florida, talk to these small family farms that when when the hog come in and they destroy months of their livelihood, they root the vegetables, their domestic livestock is dead. These families lose a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. They didn't have. Yeah, yeah. Or the iguanas in, in Florida. Yeah, and mainly the hogs in Texas. We we, like, we had Florida. Th- the hogs are bad too. We yeah. had three dogs, three stray dogs that would come on our property. What do you do? No, look, look. look I love dogs. I don't want to hurt a dog. But what happens when three snarling dogs come onto your property? Call a social worker. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> See, I, I was in the Redlands, right? You know where that? You know, you know yeah, where that, yeah, of course. And so we don't, there's no cops. Yeah, the cop has an hour response time. And these dogs are literally at the gate, and they're, like, trying to dig under, get their way in. They squeeze in, and then I'm like, okay, what do we do now? We go inside, we close the door, we hope they leave. So, look, I got a BB gun because I'm, like, I'm not about to get into, you know, firing wildly into the air or something mm-hmm. at these dogs. The BB gun scared them off. But I talk to people who, like, friends of mine who are like, there's never any reason for anyone to own a gun. Guns are dumb. And I'm like, have you ever lived in the middle of nowhere? No. Well, what if, like, a coyote is, like, snarling as you are taking the garbage out? You know, what do you do? I don't know. I wanted to point or out a bear. Nine one one. We had a bear attack. We we had a bear here. Yeah, last weekend. Last weekend. Oh, really? Uh, so I go outside. Was it, and, it wasn't an attack. It was just bear showed up on the property. I think and right? and tried ripping down the chicken coop. Oh, yeah. So we noticed that we 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 triple layered the chicken city that we have now, the old old one, and we did two layers of this you know this thin wiry uh, chicken wire going to the ground, and then we did a thicker one that went to the ground and over. And I come out and it's completely ripped open. Metal. 
like pulled apart now and, and 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 bent up. Did you get a picture? You tell you tell me this now, and you're keeping me in that RV. <laughs> you we got you. Yeah. Wait, so anyway, so anyway, we. I, I, I got a I shotgun. I'll be. Fine. I didn't know what it was. And it's right next to, it's literally the, next to the house. It's the front porch. The chicken coop is literally you, the front porch. You're right there. This is the window to the kitchen. And so we didn't know what it was. And then it turns out it was a bear trying to rip into, into our coop. Fortunately, it was early in the morning. Everybody was fine. And we didn't have to do anything. But I'll tell you this. I'm lucky that I didn't hear something and got because I'm not going to let something kill my chicken. So 5 a.m. No, if I spot a bear, you want me to wake you up? Definitely. 4 a.m.? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've talked to a lot of people about different strategies for dealing with bear. Everyone's got a different answer. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, one guy told us rubber buckshot. That's what I got. I got rubber bullets um, that go out the shotgun, and then I have slugs. So in, in case if a bear is attacking, going to hurt someone and kill someone, you use the slugs. If they're just right. around, you try, to, you try to use noise On first. On porch? You try to use noise, try to scare them away. You ha- I have bear mace. That doesn't work. Uh, rubber bullets. Uh, the rubber bullets will work. Rubber I'll bullets in the butt. But I got to tell you. But you need something this, lethal just in case. In this, case. That's what I, I got I'm telling you this right now. I got now. a KSG shotgun with a double barrel, that's and perfect. I could just switch uh, yeah. lethal, yeah. non-lethal yeah. at, at the great. switch of a switch of. That, that, that is really, really cool, Luke, yeah. that you have. So I, cool. I got the KSG 25. KSG's cool. That, that one's <laughs> – you're, you're overcompensating for the KSG 25. I have a normal KSG, and the normal one does the job, okay, Tim? Well, I'm, it's I'm not the say, size of the barrel that matters. Okay, Luke. If this bear was on our porch – that's close for comfort. I'm not walking yeah, outside with that. rubber bullets. That's not happening. Uh, I don't look. I'm, I think we're all lucky that we just kind of let the bear came in the middle of the night, did its thing, did not break into the chicken coop. But I'm telling you, if if we were there and and we're watching a bear trying to rip the coop down, literally at our front porch, outside our kitchen window, I'm going out there with slugs. Yeah, that's that, that's an escalation of deadly force at that point. I think because it's not it, once they do that, they might just come into the house. The, the, yeah. Exactly. The bear was desperate to come this close to yeah. the property. We, we, yeah. So this house is an island. It's surrounded by. Open grass and then parking lot. So we put the chicken coop in a space for now where animals don't go near it. We don't have, we, we have foxes that run around. We have, we, there's coyotes that run around, but they don't come on the parking lot. They're scared. For a bear to actually come on our property and go to our neighbors, this was a, a desperate bear and those are dangerous. Yep. You go outside with a rubber bullet and you're like, I'm going to scare him off. He's going to charge you. And then what? You go inside and close your little door, your little luck. What's it? He's going to kick, break the door it's in. 400 pounds. That door is an afterthought. You should long story bears short, like, um, a, a, a crowbars. Yeah. Long, long, long story short, I certainly hope you understand why guns are important and necessary. Yeah, as in, what I was saying is nine one one is a number. That's all it is—a number nine one one. The Second Amendment is your legal authority to wield a weapon, a firearm, to defend yourself. Nine one one is just a figment of your imagination, man. When uh, what, what do they say? When seconds matter, yeah, police are minutes away. Yeah. Look, and yeah. that's that's the truth. So, so you you know, look at those numbers, right? You take New York City biggest department in the country quick response time but you make a 911 call you figure you're on the phone with the dispatcher best best most efficient 45 seconds to a minute they've now got to route that to a different dispatcher who routes it to a patrol car four minutes three four minutes i mean your best case scenario is three four minutes the average time a deadly force incident shooting incident robbery etc takes to go down is about 15 seconds mm-hmm. yep Yep. So that four minutes is an attorney. Might as well be four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I got a crazy story. I was, some guy was trying to mug me in Chicago, and then quite literally, as he's hassling me, like three cops just appear out of nowhere and grab the guy. And I was like, "That's a response time." Yeah. You know, but they were stalking the guy because they 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 got reports. They followed him. Yeah, and, it was an anti crime team. I but, I think what happened was one of the guys was not a, a beat cop. 
He was like wearing plain clothes. He had like a trench coat. Yeah, the anti-crime guys. They they do the street crime, the, the robbery details. But I think what happened was some young women called in that they were being harassed. Yeah. The beat cops then called in, hey, we got a guy. And then the, the specialist comes out. They stalk well, him. And then as soon as he made a move, they just charged him. And well, New York did away with that. So one of the most effective. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So one of the most effective <laughs> units the NYPD ever had were street crime and precinct level anti-crime. They've all been eliminated. Yep. And, and they were responsible for dramatic reductions in robberies, shootings, homicides. The other thing is, and it, it, you know, one of the things that just infuriates me is when they say, well, stop and frisk is, is illegal. It's unconstitutional in New York. A judge ruled on that. People don't understand what happened there and, and, and what a travesty it is. A, a very liberal judge, very liberal federal judge, a woman named Shira Scheinlin, deemed stop, question, and frisk, not just stop and frisk, illegal, unconstitutional, knowing that she was going to be overruled summarily by SCOTUS because it's already a decided issue in Terry v. Ohio, 1964. She resigned her lifetime judgeship. Wow. That was her parting shot, her parting progressive gift. The only reason stop and frisk stands as, quote unquote, illegal, which is not in New York, is because the de Blasio administration never appealed her decision because they agreed with it. Had they, it would have been immediately overturned. I, I still think probable cause is important, and that got away with probable cause for well, a lot of people, but it was, including me. I, yeah, mean, I but, got routinely harassed during stop and frisk, but, and it was uncomfortable with a police officer. No probable cause, puts you up against the wall, puts your hands in your pants, uh, accuses you of all these crimes, treats you like a criminal when you're not. And, but, and, and that happened a lot. It happened routinely. We have probable cause for a reason. But it's I not probable it's cause isn't the, the Supreme Court. This is important. The Supreme Court didn't determine probable cause was the standard for stop, question, and frisk. Reasonable suspicion is, right? So levels of suspicion, mere suspicion is I'm driving by Tim's house. I know Tim. I know you guys are here. But I see somebody who looks out of place in the driveway. I'm a cop. Well, in the driveway, I can roll back. Now I see the same guy. I know you guys are broadcasting up here. Now I see the same guy that I know is not from the area. He's got New Jersey plates. His car's down the block, but I see him looking in your windows, mm. in the windows of car. Now I've got reasonable suspicion to approach him, stop him, question him. I can frisk him, but I can't put my hands in his pockets. If I see something consistent with a weapon, I can pat down. If it feels like a weapon, I can remove it for safety. Not even contraband. It has to be a weapon. So if I feel what feels like a crack vial, this can I articulate it felt like ammo? Maybe. This is the same thing in Illinois. In Illinois, an officer is allowed to stop you, question you, and, and frisk you. It's federal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in Illinois, the cops will routinely, they'll see you and they'll be like, hey, you're, you know, stop. They'll walk up to you. I'm being detained. Be like, you're being detained. You know, put your hands up against the wall. They're not allowed to put their hands in your pockets. They'll right. feel. And so there's a lot of cases where an officer, like, there was one case I remember it, it, there's, there's a lot of, maybe this is just the exception, not the rule, where they were frisking someone and they felt something in his pocket. And then they took it out, and it turned out to be something wildly different. I think then exclusionary rule kicked in. They tried arguing, I thought he had drugs. I felt that it felt like drugs. It turned out to be something totally different, but still allowed them to investigate yeah. further. And then they said, you can't, you can't go that far with it. Yeah, you can't with drugs. Now, what you can do is the example I just used. So if I pat you down, I find a gun. Then I pat your pocket. I, find, I feel two cylindrical objects. I, th I can reasonably articulate that might be additional ammunition. If I reach in and they're crack files, that's going to be a good search. Is yeah. reasonable suspicion like, I don't like how that guy looked at me? No. It has to be a little bit more than that. What it has, it has like, to be I think like he's you stoned. Smell, the way he looks like at me looks like he's stoned. No. It mere, has to be like mere suspicion. Yeah. It, has, it has to be. Smell marijuana. That or, or even, even if you don't approach. It has to be. Yeah. You're a cop on patrol and you work in an area with warehouses, industrial area. Nobody's ever in that area at 2 a.m. 
and now you've got a guy tugging on the back door, checking yeah. the locks on a roll down gate. That that's See, really that, reasonable. But, so, yeah. so that is reasonable. Uh, yeah. I've had cops pull me over. And then I've told the story several times. I get pulled over, and then as soon I rolled on the window, I put my my wallet, and my keys on the dash. I turn you know turn the light on. I turn so do the I. Off, put my hands on the wheel, and the cop walks up and he goes, "Excuse me, oh, you smoking marijuana?" And I was like, "What?" Yeah, people who watch yep. the show know I don't smoke, I don't drink, I got no tattoos, no piercings. He accused me. He said, "Out of the vehicle now." Opens the door, takes me out, cuffs me, calls for backup, and says, "We got you know driving under the influence." Then they start demanding I confess. The cop says, "I know you're I know you're smoking." confess and i was like i don't smoke i'm wearing my uniform for american airlines they don't they don't you can't smoke when think you like in, jet fuel yeah. or something and you you can't you can't uh, smoke if you work in an airport they test you all the time and i was like i don't smoke and he says confess now and make it easy and i said i don't smoke i don't know what you're talking about then the other cop walks over and he's got some kind of like you know nug or something and he's like what's this and I was like, I don't know. And he goes, it was in your car. And I was like, did you put it there? And he goes, no, sir, it's yours. And I said, no, it isn't. I don't smoke. I work for an airline. The other cop goes back and starts searching my car again. And the guy's behind me holding the cuffs, you know, in his hand. The other cop opens the glove box, finds my dad's firefighter emblem, walks out and goes, who's a firefighter? And I said, my dad. And he goes like this. The cop behind yep. me uncuffs me and he goes, go home. Tim, we got pulled over allegedly for uh, having the same car that was allegedly stolen in Chicago. The state's plates were from Arizona. Do you remember right. that? Yeah, we yeah. got pulled over at gunpoint by, by, yeah. uh, by, by CPD. The cop literally took the gun out and then put it right in my face. They were screaming yeah. at us. They walk up to the car. All these cars surround us. They throw so, a stolen car? No. No, no, no. no, no, no. no, no. They lied. They, they, said, they, they, they yeah. so, so I'll tell you this story, man. It's been it's a long crazy. time. Yeah. This, this is a story. Mm. We're in Chicago. We're, we're, we went to go eat or something. No, no, we were covering the we, protests. We went, and then we went to go eat. And then we heard that and then someone we, was yes, going to. And then we yeah. got a call that the place we were staying at had been raided by police. And so we needed to go see what was going on. On the way there, like 12 vehicles surround us. Uh, a CPD SUVs, some some black uh, blacked out SUVs. Yeah. I take they, out the camera. Come, cops I'm, I'm live streaming. Turn out their fire firearms on me. They, they walk up. To the, they start banging. The, uh, open the doors. Open the doors. And we're like, okay. We, we open the doors. Get out. They all detain us. They took my passport, my credit cards. They, they wrote down my credit card information. They went through every every bit of that vehicle. They were banging a hard drive, trying to pop things yep. open, looking at all the cameras. And then eventually, a guy walks over and he and he, and he you know he points to the guy who uncuffs me and he goes, "Sorry about that. Your vehicle matched the description." Then they leave. Now here's the best part. We go back to the apartment, and I said, because I'm not an idiot, I don't know who went in the apartment or why. It's not our apartment, so no one is to go in that apartment. However, Luke and I have a following. We have a public presence. We're public figures. So only Luke and I will go in to get people's belongings. Anything perishable will be thrown away. I don't care what yep. it is or why. Take only your personal belongings. Some dude shows up, and he's was staying at the apartment as well. And he says, you know, like, what's going on? And we tell him. And then I, we, I he's like, can I get a ride with you guys? Can I ride with you guys? And we were like, yes, but here's the rule. You can't go inside that building. We don't know what's going on. And only Luke and I are clear to go in and deal with this. And he goes, uh, okay, I guess. A few minutes later, he says, hey, man, I, I got to go in there and get some stuff. Yeah, what, do you, what do you need to get? And he's like, I just need to go down and get a bag. You're not getting it. If I don't know what it is and it's anything in it is, is consumable or perishable, like it's thrown away, it doesn't go in our car. And then he's, he's like, dude, come on, man. Like, I, I really got to go in. I'm like, then you don't come with us if you do. So he goes, okay, fine. I won't. So we go in the car. I'm live streaming the whole time. Yeah. And we have people on the live stream telling us that the police scanners are discussing us. Yep. And I said, I'm, I'm streaming. And I'm like, no way. That's not true. I get a text message from a friend who says, dude, I'm listening to this. It is happening. Stop giving away your location. So we're like, 
wow, this yeah. is this is crazy. We end up going to a safe location. We crash out for the night. Everything calms down. The next morning, it turns out that someone who was uh, facing criminal charges and then started dating a cop was instructing one guy, the one guy who was desperate to go in, yeah. to pick up drugs. That she needed her drugs, and he had to go and get them for her. And if we had let him go and get that bag and got pulled over in Illinois, he'd it's, be it's done. mandatory. Yeah, he'd yep. be done. We have to go out of that specific city into <clears throat> another city just for, for safety because the cops were detailing every turn we were making on the police radios. I still remember that day because we, we were, we were literally, uh, you know, covering, doing journalism at the major protest. We got a notification that our apartment that we were staying in was raided. We were like, what the hell's going on here? The plates were out of state. So there's no way the same vehicle, the same description with the same out of state plates from Arizona. So the cops just lied. Yeah, but, I was like, but I was like, what's the problem? Let me, let me say here? this. What's going on here? Why did you pull us over? Oh yeah, yeah. They stole a car that looked exactly. I'm like, bull crap. What car? Give me, give me the details here. What's your name? What's your badge number? None of that information was given at all. They didn't show you any idea. Nothing. Well, I will say this though, and I, I look I, clearly yeah. something else was going on there. But but you really don't look at the plate; you look at the car because it's easy to go swap plates off the car. We're talking about a whole squad unit of people. We're talking about fifteen cars coming in all each look, way. They were a deta- there was a detail yeah. looking at you guys. Yeah. I mean, they, right. this was, you guys were targeted there. That's yeah. clear. They 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 when we apparently when we came back to the apartment, the alarms were going off. The door had been forced open, and uh, I don't think they planted anything like that. But there was this uh, this individual who was facing very serious criminal charges, all of a sudden started dating a cop. People knew. And then this individual texted the guy who was trying to get in the car, please go downstairs and get my medicine. I really need it. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and we learned this the next day after we're like, what a crazy night. And our friend goes, yeah, man, isn't it crazy that so-and-so was trying to get me to pick up her drugs? And I was like, what? what? And he was like, yeah. And he showed me the text. It was like, come on, I thought you were my friend. You have to do this. Yep. Go do it right now. They put her in a play. Prescription yep. medicine yeah. that would Who? get you felony charges for transferring and yeah, transporting. So oxy, and they put her in a, they put her in a play. Exactly. Get somebody to pick up Oxy. So, yeah. so I had a number of these incidences. So, so, I mean, and I still know not to judge every police officer as everyone else. I know not to blanket everyone, but there are incidents of this, and that's why we need more transparency, more accountability, and I would say more civil rights as much as we can. Uh, because Nobody's going to argue with the best part. NBC Chicago covered when we got pulled over. So this story, you can actually see it on Google. Before we were out, we were actually profiled by a local NBC news team on citywide television about the future of journalism. These young and intrepid live streaming journalists here to cover the protests. So maybe they knew who we were. For whatever reason, there was a political motive against us. And then... They definitely we, we played it right. You, they definitely were looking. And right. and fortunately for us, the moment it happened, one of our friends immediately called the NBC team and said, "He's like frantically." Now the funny thing is, the NBC report thought I was him, so they <laughs> they quote me as what he was saying, but that wasn't mm-hmm. the case. But it's yeah, NBC they covered it. They yeah. said something weird happened to the reporters we've been following. Yeah, we should pull <laughs> up that broadcast because uh, there was like a local news broadcast. We should try to play it maybe in uh, the the after show. But there's, you know, a large number of incidences. May 20th, 2012. Yeah. Found it oh, right wow. there. NBC Chicago. Ago. Yep. I don't know if you want to play it, but. Daly was mayor then, right? I'm uh, not sure about I don't that. know. But I've just seen so many, you know, 
police officers just use that line, probable cause, and just n- not really assert it in the proper way. So, so giving them even more leniency, like was given in New York City, is, is something that wasn't, in my opinion, the right thing. I understand fighting crime, and I don't believe in allowing crime to happen. I think what's happening right now in the cities is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you look at what happened in Chicago with Kim Fox protecting people that were caught on camera shooting. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think crime is increasing. It's only going to increase from here as we have more selective political prosecution of individuals. They're going after PTA meetings, but we have Chicago literally having more kids there die from gunshot wounds than all the kids nationally from from uh, the sickness. Yeah, but that's the uh, the prosecutor's offices as well. I mean, exactly. I mean, it goes back to, look at, this all started. Yep. Soros' first successful experiment with a prosecutor was Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. And he is paying massive, massive dividends for that progressive agenda. They oh, don't yeah. prosecute anything. Yeah. You know, look, except I, if you're a right winger, or except if right. you're, you well, believe in freedom, obviously. or if you believe in yeah. you know liberty. And look, I I'm not adverse to decriminalizing the small stuff. You know, there's there's no reason. Like I worked in a bad area. Yeah. We were busy. I mean, we were a one square mile command that would turn out twelve cars some nights. There's a lot of bad people out there. Yeah, a lot of bad people, and, but we weren't looking for weed. In fact, I'll never forget our orientation. We had a lieutenant, an old school guy, who said. You guys do right, I'll back you up. He said, you bring a weed collar in here on a Saturday night when we're busy. He said, you're going to walk a foot post in the rain for a week. Like, they wanted to go after real crime back then. Now it's become worse, right? They're yeah. looking. Now it's selective enforcement and persecution. So uh, you talk about that video in Chicago. That's mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing to me. Yeah. They've got, you know, typically she's saying, well, it's mutual combat. We don't know who shot or who. The way it's there's worked, video of it. The way it's worked for decades yeah. is everybody gets arrested, yeah, and the lawyers and the prosecutors sort it out. You know, the police don't not arrest people that were engaged in a gunfight on a city street. I mean, it's witnesses and police officers watching by in video, yeah, like literal video and smoking literal video and smoking gun evidence, and nobody got arrested for this. Yeah, no, and then uh, Lori That's Lightfoot Chicago. gets it gets yeah. attacked. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot gets called, uh, you know, she's mortified at Lori Lightfoot's at inappropriate. Kim, Fo- at Kim Fox, yeah. Uh, no, oh, Kim no, no, no. Fox is No, Kim Fox at, said yeah. she's mortified at Lori Lightfoot because of her inappropriate actions for saying, hey, there's video here, guys. Lori Lightfoot, I mean, there's a lot to criticize her. She's the one that just said, hey, there's video here. <laughs> That's all she said. She was a prosecutor herself, else. right? She was a federal prosecutor. Yeah. I, look, I'll never agree with Lori Lightfoot on anything but this. And she's speaking through the lens of a former prosecutor. On yeah. this one, she's right. I mean, broken clocks are right twice a day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the violence is only going to get worse. Uh, it's already increasing dramatically from last year. I think this is all designed. I think of a course. lot of police officers are are deliberately handcuffed um, and put in positions that are extremely difficult to be in. I wouldn't want to be in any of those positions. I wouldn't get out of the car if I were a cop today. Many, I, many of, many of them do. Many of them don't. Unless I saw a child being abducted, a woman being raped, yeah. or somebody imminently being killed, an old person being beaten for their Social Security... Why the hell would you I saw get two dudes fighting, like arguing and yelling, pushing each other on the side of the street. Never in a million years. Well, in some, t- in some instances, like the Joe Lizito incident, which we talked about previously before, there's incidents of police officers just being like, I'm not doing anything. Why would they? You know, there's, there's a, there's a couple of decisions, right? Warren v. DC and Ca- in the DC yes. circuit and Castle Rock v. Gonzalez and the SCOTUS. The cops have no duty to protect you. They don't exactly. have to take, right. they may face departmental sanctions for it. They may lose their job. Yep. But they have no, they, they have immunity from civil liability. They can't be prosecuted. Why would you do it today? No. Why would you take police action when it's a, a roll of the dice, whether or not you're going to be prosecuted if you do everything right? 
Exactly. Yeah, only if you really love your community, and even then it's a risk. But that, yeah. that would be the reason I would think that someone would do it. Well, you know, the smaller communities, it's a little easier because the cops know the residents. They grew up with them. They went to high school with them. You don't see the problems as much. But the large cities, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the job today. But uh, How do we solve for this? Because I was thinking robot police, but then Tim makes good points. Like, eh, they don't have feelings. They can't judge. Like, guilty, guilty. And so that's bad. But authoritarianism... I mean, in law enforcement, it's kind of the, the old tried and true method. You have top-down yeah. strength. Uh, how do you – what do you think? Is it just going to be selection. always eh, – Selection. I mean, look, you, first of all, you can't lower the standards, which they're doing, right? They're lowering the standards. The other the other piece of this is that it's like everything else. So when we're talking about guns. Why do you need a gun? gun there's a, an incredible ignorance in terms of practical necessity. Departments don't spend the money they need to spend on tactical training. Oftentimes, incidents go sideways, and the cops wind up being heavy-handed or shooting out of fear. Everybody gets afraid. I don't care who you are. Delta operators, six operators, they get afraid. Everybody everybody has, has a threshold for fear. You can train proper response through fear. But the big city departments will spend money on sociology, CRT, BLM, Antifa sensitivity, and pull money back from high liability, meaning shooting, using non-lethal devices, uh, takedowns. If you trained police officers, look, the average police officer shoots a couple of hundred rounds a year to qualify. Contrast that with your average SEAL Team 6 operator who shoots about a 1,000 rounds a day. Now, why would a cop, well, what I'm saying is, now you have people that say, well, the police were involved in a shooting incident and their average, uh, they average 16 rounds per incident and they only have two hits. Well, sure. You're having them shoot paper targets and run scenarios, but it's not real stress. Yeah, uh, Andrew Yang suggested every cop become a purple belt in jujitsu minimum. That I mean, way. I, I got to tell you something. I don't agree with Yang often, but jujitsu is probably one of the best serve in service, and many cops do it out of service trainings because it enables them to do a safe takedown where they don't have to escalate to non lethals. I'm a big proponent of that, actually. Like yeah. if if someone were to reach for a cop. Is their go-to right now to draw the weapon? No, their go-to is still to, you're trained to escalate force up a level, so it's to use physical force, potentially a baton, pepper spray. The problem becomes the cops are afraid. Here's the other reason these things are escalating deadly force too quickly. Cops are terrified of being caught on camera, doing anything, using any force. By the time they decide to affect force, the bad guy is now emboldened. He thinks the cop's a punk who's not going to do anything. The situation rapidly escalates. You know, I used to, in the NYPD, on one of your forums, called the online booking sheet, you uh, had a box at the top. Now it's digital. Use force, yes or no. I always said yes. And one of my sergeants said to me, why are you saying yes? I said, look, why wouldn't I? I put my hand on him to cuff him. I put the cuffs on him. I don't want this to go to court. And if I had to use a force that you taught me that I'm allowed to use, I check no, and there there blows the case. Too many guys are checking no, getting jammed up for it. You're allowed to use force in policing. Policing doesn't need to look nice. It's called the force. But I definitely think cops need a lot more training. We were saying saying that. I think the high liability training, your your firearms training, cops should be shooting a couple of thousand rounds near a couple of hundred. Learning to, and shoot, don't shoot scenarios. I know you guys are shooters. You know what I'm talking about. Shoot, don't shoot. Run those simulations. Run them and rerun them and rerun them. 
It's the only way. Repetition breeds retention of muscle memory. But even just a, how to take someone down, absolutely, without you know hurting them or, or killing them, or not even hurting them, but you know what I mean, like like as you said, yeah, yeah, Andrew Yang suggested purple belt jujitsu. Because you just for see real cops stuff. just swinging wildly and, and crazy yeah. during street balls. Budgets budgets are a byproduct of yeah. this as well, right? The, the agencies don't want to spend the money to engage in those first of all you got to get somebody through an academy in about six months because you got to remember this is all a numbers game the reason that any big city department even medium-sized departments field an academy class and higher is to make up for attrition right they've got minimum staffing requirements so you've got to make up for attrition you got to push those people through the academy i wouldn't have a six-month police academy i mean ideally if it was longer if it was a year with six months spent on high liability you'd probably see far less high, li- high liabilities like when they're on the force but still a train no 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 training. high liability i mean uh training with your gun any any incident any any action they take that could result in high liability to the agency the use of the firearm uh, physical force uh, non lethal have you ever heard or thought about what if a police officer had like a biocoded gun so only if it feels their their handprint That's will how they're fire get, they're going to get killed and that oh how no. so Terrible. Yeah, because I wouldn't do that. Because, yeah, I hear it's very dangerous. Because what happens is the robots can turn it against us. The robots <laughs> can turn it. Robots are everywhere, and they eat all people's medicine. They can shut all those guns they, down. Yes. yes. No. It, it, what if they have to use a gun? What if your What if your uh, What if your firearm jams your partner's shot? You need to use your partner's gun uh-huh. to save both of your lives. It's just that's a. That what, was, if, what if it's a like? How many times have you tried to open your phone with your thumbprint, and it's like error, yeah. error, mm-hmm. error? error, error. Like, the, I guess the reason some water there. The value I saw is if someone reaches for a police officer's weapon and they don't care because it, they can't use it. There's other retention strategies yeah. that are far better. Yeah. How about we go to super chats? See it what the time. audience has to say. Smash that like button if you haven't already. Go to timcast.com. Become a member for that special bonus episode coming up after the show, and we'll pull up the article about me and Luke getting detained at gunpoint, and we'll <laughs> we'll uh, we'll show that, and then talk about a bunch of other fun stuff. But uh, again, smash that like button. Let's see what we got. CS says, already getting notified that we'll have to pay an extra $200 monthly for health insurance as unvaccinated people. Lucky the money's worthless. Yikes. Uh-huh. Fair point. One uh, one individual whose name I won't read says 38% is too high. Mm. Mortimer Duke says, who are these idiotic 38% who actually find Biden's presidency satisfactory? <laughs> All right. Crystal Max 76 says, hi, y'all. Read TikTok. I have three sons, age 13, 18, 23. All of them agree that YouTube is what guys prefer, and TikTok and Instagram are what girls prefer. Yep. We got banned on TikTok. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was the, the last video to get uh, removed was one of our Alex Jones clips, where he basically says one thing, like for two seconds, that's totally irrelevant. And they took it down, and we don't know exactly what for, because we were talking about you know economic policy or something. I... I think that it might have been because of Phil's shirt. I don't think the CCP liked the Chinese, the, the communist symbol with the cross. Oh. That's what oh. I came up with. Uh-huh. Sure. China yeah. Uncensored episodes probably <laughs> yeah. got you guys hit. Oh, yeah. 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 So we're banned. Yep. Whatever. Ridiculous. A magic monkey says, Ian, bro, I heard you talking about fungus possibly being from space and stumbled upon a study about octopi likely being from space. Check that. out Cause of Cambrian Explosion, Terrestrial or Cosmic. Thank you. Interesting. Very cool. Very interesting. Bob the Monk says, Justin Trudeau will fire me on the 29th of October because of the jabs. After 26 years of public service, I refuse to comply. Well, here, here. Much respect. Mm. A magic monkey also says, I see Tim and prefer Shim. I see, I see Luke always puke. I see Ian and I'm <laughs> fleeing. I see Lids. Lids is cool. Okay. Oh, oh. I, I, the one that, one of the things I saw in the comment section is no Ian, we pee in. Don't hold it in. Brandizzle says, Luke, I'd love to do a painting for you. Please give me some ideas of what you like. Tim, I would also like to do something for you. Please give me an idea. I can send sample pics of previous work. I like the art of Stephen Gamble. 
Mm. Um, I don't have a category, but uh, firearms, uh, dogs, freedom, liberty. I got it. Uh, Alex Gray. Luke. Eagle. I'm standing Alex on the, Gray. Yeah. Luke standing on the front of a tank. Holding two, I don't know. Barrett, 50 BMGs. (laughs) (laughs) Levitating off the ground. Holding them rather (laughs) successfully. Yep. Yep. With one arm Not struggling at all. Yep, yep, yep. With with an American bikini on. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And, uh. So in uh, in the game Fallout New Vegas, you can get a, uh, you can get a 50 BMG. And you just, you run with it like it's a regular rifle and aim it like a regular weapon. Same with Call of Duty. I'm like, that's not realistic. It's not practical. But I I, I would uh, paint that picture of Luke on the side of my van. I just that sounds great, right? <laughs> we, we went to the range and we brought out the, the Barrett and for fun we're like, we're all trying to lift it up and just you know aim it and I, I could hold it for a second or two. I think Forrest who was with us actually was able to hold it really oh, yeah, well and sense. aim it. Yeah, because he's trained. He, he holds the doing. guns very interestingly. Yeah, he holds them. He's got the, uh, Yeah, the, uh, the forward grip. Yeah. I, ju- I took a buddy of mine who was a SEAL teammate guy, clay shooting last weekend and he had to adjust that hold. Because he was holding the shotgun that way, and huh. not, he's not really easy to swing for the clay. Right. But it's uh, yeah. There's new grip attachments that you literally uh, could uh, cr- uh, grab it just on its side yeah. that uh, come on the side. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. cool. I'm so excited for uh, for Damastan, man. Yeah. We're about a week out from 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 uh, finalizing the deal, and then we can immediately begin begin construction. We're looking at building a very large 10,000 square foot facility for a lot of new culture, new shows, new expansion. And uh, we're really, really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. So we're going to okay. have a shooting range. We're going to have just all, all sorts of activities. We're going to do shows. So one of the things is we've been trying to do events here all year, and we're jammed up. And I, I even thought a few months ago, I was like, we did it. We got past the red tape. And then red tape appears. And it's really, really simple. There's a lot more complexity to it. But having public events on private property is not something, especially considering, like, this is a big show. So there, there's concerns about even if we only invite 20 people or 30 people, People will just show up knowing there's an event, yeah. and then it's like you're not a venue, you can't do this. And we are like, we got to figure something out. So this new place, we've, we're, we're getting sorted. We can literally do what we want, unrestricted access. Granted, there's going to be security, there's going to be rules. We're going to put up streets and we're going to put names, and we're going to make like little areas, like the town center and stuff. It'll be fun. There's going to be a shooting range, and um, I don't know, maybe a gun store. Yes, please. All right, now this is getting better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot better. And a I thousand, mean, we got, it's a thousand yard space. range. Yeah, easily. Yeah. We can do, do better. We, we, we yeah. can do more yeah. than a thousand. We can do easily more than a thousand. A yeah. mile, mile, two miles. There are many of those. Yeah, that's a thousand yards. We could <clears throat> actually. I don't know if we can do a thousand. It's, we, it's, we it's, should, it's, we, it's we should a at least do a thousand. I don't know if we. I, I'm. We'll try. It, we'll it, see. I'll think, see it on our. No, on I think you're. Good. I think I'm pretty sure we can easily do like two. I want to do some crazy long distance shooting. I think we can easily. Yeah, there's it's it's huge. It's massive. There's there's an area where we were looking down this cleared out area. You couldn't see the end of the property. Like, you probably get your thousand yards in there. I think we can do more. I have a four sixteen Barrett. I want to push its limits. Ah, it's a nice room. Yeah. All right. Get a good scope. All right. Let's see. Chance Jones says, I want to shout out Loza Alexander. He's a conservative rapper spreading culture. He just dropped a new song called Dear Soldiers. It's dedicated to the 13 dead soldiers that died in the fall of Afghanistan. Get him on the show, Tim. Sounds cool. We'll, we'll take a look. Loza mm, Alexander. Interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Tom McDonald. I wouldn't call him necessarily conservative, but certainly freedom, anti woke. Yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of people. Zuby. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, is Zuby conservative? He is, right? He is. Oh, yeah. He actually is. Yeah. He's, he's, his content seems to be. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know, he makes music. Based. So there's, there's culture here. You know, I really do think that um, the people who are true to their passions, like truly punk rock, are no longer aligned with whatever the left has become. Authoritarian is what it's become. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rage Against the Machine. can't be an authoritarian, awesome artist. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Go establishment. Hey, right? <laughs> 
That's that's entertaining. Huh. Oh, we got a lot of people saying, let's go, Brandon. We got oh, Sean Jock saying, let's go, Brandon. Oh, yeah, let's Brandon. go, Brandon. Woo. Christopher says, Tim, I've been a member since day one. If you get banned, I'll double my monthly sub because you are the Quisatz uh, Hederach. That's from Dune. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's that? That's, uh, that's the young man. What's his name? Uh, he's no the idea. guy. He's basically the, the child of God. Oh, oh snap. The wow. one. High praise. That's Leo. a yeah. happy thing to say. Am I right about that? I hope I'm right Look about that. Look that up, yeah. Miles Gardner says, Tim, can think about doing shorter YouTube IRLs for key people and longer members-only segments with no chains? By the way, from last night, Nebraska exports beef. Iowa is known for corn. Oh. Uh, I think in terms of the conversation we have, for the most part, you know, I, I think people assume that more like that large portions of the conversation are censored. I see people say like, you'll get the real opinions at TimCast.com. No, 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 no. You, you get all of our genuine opinions on the show. We just, for one, are trying to move as much as we can off of YouTube. We do want to have a members only space so that we can, you know, provide something of value to our members and, and create something unique. And there are conversations that just for, you know, to air, to be safe, we'll put on YouTube. For instance, you know, we can talk about voter fraud and ivermectin on YouTube. You know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm not going to play YouTube's game. So we'll do a lot of the other topics just on TimCast.com where we actually have journalists and writers and reporters. So the Aquizax uh, Haderach is uh, the one who can be many places at once. Ooh. The one who shortens the way. Oh, nice. MK90 tier one asset says Marines questioning the top brass and the Biden admin are being slammed with NJPs. And many are being denied religious exemptions for denying the COVID vaccine and are looking for an administrative separation. The military is purging non-stormtroopers. Yep. That's true. Mm -hmm. Look at Scheller. Mm -hmm. Somebody, there's there's a meme of like uh, Millie and they're like, he's 5'8 and obese. He's not fighting any wars or anything like that. That's true. But has he or has he just always been like political? He's got a special forces tab. He's got his ranger tab. But who the hell? I mean, the guy's not matching his own standards that he sets for his people. He has a lot of medals on his A lot of medals. A lot of North Korea medals, I think. A lot of medals. Indeed. All right. Glacia says, with anime outselling Hollywood and all the comic industry, why not have a focus on the promotion of that by the right? P.S. Go watch Bungo Stray Dogs. I'm a big anime fan. I'm a big anime and manga fan. And certainly, I think there's an opportunity there for sure. And games, video games. We're working on two video games. Oh, yeah. We have one video game that's in production, and we're bringing a new video game developer. I We've never really talked about what the game's about, but it's hilarious. And so I think we'll have to just wait, because we don't want to reveal too much. But it's a roguelike game, and we're going to be incorporating NFTs and doing a lot of really fun stuff. So that'll be cool, and people will laugh and have a good time. All right. Aman Aman says, yo, Project Veritas with another bombshell. Go check it out. Actual Pfizer employee with bombshell information and leaked emails. It is bad. Oh, yeah. It's really bad. Oh, another one. It's bad. really yeah, another bad. Another one today. Mm. Yeah, I hate being That's yeah. the way to do it, James. Yeah. One, I, two I, punch. Is, is Project Veritas like the last true journalistic entity? This, this was the first. Much, uh, this much. was impactful. They've revolutionized yeah. the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big well, wins with these two. Big yeah. wins with these two videos. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me that they're doing journalism. Yes. Like no <laughs> one else. Yeah, they're getting whistleblowers. They're getting leakers. This they're, is what they're, investigation they're doing is. Stings. And the establishment media is like, the government press release today says, Joe Biden told us everything's okay. So I was nice listening day. to Jen Psaki earlier, and the way she talks, she'll say something, and she'll end it like this, and then she'll say another thing and end it like this, and then she'll make a statement like this. That's her voice. That's, that's how it sounds. And then she'll do something like this, and like this. It's like a robot. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not a robot, but she's it's like terrible. she's acting in this robotic even wow. even, even Brandon 
He's, He's a little more charismatic than that. Let's go, Brandon. Let's Emily Mower says, we need 34 states to call an Article 5 convention of states. 15 have already passed legislation calling for it. Nine have passed it in one chamber, and 18 more have active legislation. Uh, so that's certainly more than enough. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of states. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, what what's the amendment we're going for? I want, the, the I want sunset clauses on all... The restoration le- legislation. Oh, Bill yeah, of Rights. All no, oh, no, all current legislation. All current and future legislation. Oh, yes. Term limits. Mm-hmm. Absolutely term mm-hmm. limits. I, mean, uh, I, I don't know. I think Ian just nailed it. Well, I think you need the sunset clauses, but I think you need to go for term limits as well. Mm-hmm. You can't ever have a McConnell again, a Feinstein again, a Pelosi oh. again. That that right there is your problem. Yeah, there's enough of us that are constantly in attention that we can yeah. have no term limits yeah. now. Yeah. Sunset clauses on all laws. Yep. Then it's, yeah. the NFA has got to go up for vote every five, ten years. Yeah, that's right. That'd be great. Yeah. Because you get a good, you know, pro-America constitutional Congress. And then when they're like, okay, the NFA is now up for vote again, they're all like, gone. But but we start with zero laws at first. And we see what happens. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, not just, it's, not just the, it's not just the NFA, right? You're going to get – you get to re-vote on those 86 – the 86 update all the way back, right? You can go back yep. to 34. Bump stock bans, all yep. of it. You can eradicate it all. That's great. That'd yeah. be great. I'm we only, we only add laws. We never take them away. Let's take them away. Yes. Az- Azazel the Fallen says, I long said the right lost an entire generation with their opposition to gay marriage. It was easy for the left to paint the right as evil using the subject and others. Not the only reason, but a big one. Well, I can say that Jack Murphy wrote the book, Democrat to Deplorable, and he's often talked about how when the Republican Party stopped opposing gay marriage, it allowed him to actually be like, oh, okay, I can get on board with a lot of these ideals. So that's a, that is a good point. I like Jack. He's a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. When, he, when I see him, I see like a, a liberal DJ, but he's also got these conservative values. It's very fascinating. <laughs> Ian. Eric Bernaldo says 20th Amendment could be all laws not explicitly in the Constitution have a 10-year sunset clause to be either rejected or reinstated every 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Wow. Nice. It doesn't have to be 10. You could build a logarithmic scale or something, depending on the amount of people that are being affected by the law. So maybe you could come to a vote a little earlier, a little later. It really, You could be, have some fun with it. Hondo says, I'd love to hear Luke's take on Nevada's executive order AB 286 and making tons of gun owners felons and their loose definition of unfinished. Any gun laws are unconstitutional. Are you familiar yeah. with this one nope. in Nevada? Doesn't matter. I, I wonder Doesn't if matter. this is the eighty <laughs> lowers. If, if it's uh, if it's a law against it, uh, it's unconstitutional, illegal. A Immoral. lot of people are are saying sunset laws, uh, sunset clauses. In, like in, in, that. All right, that's a good sign. Yeah, that's that's a rallying cry. Scope clauses defining limits of laws to reel in prosecutors. Ooh. M. Sheba says. So, did Luke ever ask about his stakes? What about my steak? I gotta know. Okay, you so there's a, more steak. there's a there's a myth, and I want to see if this is real. I want to get to the bottom of this. Apparently, Andreas ate fifty of your steaks. Yes. Wait, how many how many steaks did he actually yeah, eat? There was individual servings of them, fifty around fifty. I think it was around that number. But he had like what? one high. It was Te- high. It was crazy. He had many steaks in one day. Is this this is the story? Yes. This is how the, yes. the myth. Yes, I can't okay. forgive him. All right. Well, there you heard it here first. It was funny. Like you don't Luke, take a man's steak away. That, no, I mean, that, you that's don't. war. That's I mean, evil. he's lucky he got away with that. I think Luke, he really ate like ten steaks in one day. Yeah. Right? Luke. Luke walks upstairs and he's like, "Hey, did you guys see my steaks?" And we were like, "No, where are they?" And he's like, "I have a bunch. I had like ten. They're they're missing." And I was like, "Okay, well, someone must have moved them because there's no way someone ate them." Yeah. Was like yeah. Andreas ate them there's all. There's a way. If you want Andreas, and he's uh he's like a star seed. All right, let's read more. <laughs> Matt McMullen says, fellow Illinois boy here, just found out I have a drug test next week and I have not been studying. Hmm. When does no. recreational legalization catch up with modern employment? <laughs> FSP is looking real appealing now. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything happens for a reason. 
Um, you know, a lot of people are getting fired for a lot of ridiculous reasons right now. It's a perfect opportunity to uh, make a change in your life and to check out beautiful places like Florida, New Hampshire, West Virginia, and other states that provide you a lot of sovereignty, a lot of freedom, a lot, a lot of liberty, and, and a lot of opportunities. A lot of jobs opening up as well. Why, why do jobs drug test right obviously if you're a truck driver or a pilot i get but if like you're yeah. working at a starbucks or a mcdonald's really yeah i mean uh, they're yeah. legal departments it's just it, lawyers tend to botch I, everything i think we should mm. drug test members of congress yes amen be specific with drug what a stupid word caffeine's yeah. a drug yeah, 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 yeah. cocaine's a drug Sugar, cocaine's sugars, all of them sugar's a drug i want to know drug. if they're doing caffeine I want to know if they're doing the marijuana, I'm and I want to know if they're doing the crack cocaine. Like, if oh. someone's on crystal meth, that's way more dangerous than someone's stoned on weed. I'll bet you there's a whole bunch of crackheads in Congress. That is <laughs> oh, absolutely it wouldn't, listen, it, it sure. wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. shock me. I mean, Partying like, with Hunter Biden. Yeah. I mean, yes. There's functional crackheads <laughs> out there that could pull it together. I've I, I seen a lot of them. I've seen I, it all. Look, I, at, I look at Hunter Biden. He became a successful board member of an energy an company artist, in Ukraine. And I was going to, are we going to see some Hunter Biden <laughs> work yes, on the yeah. walls here? Like yeah, George Washington art, yeah. perpetually stoned on the $1 bill. Let's be honest. Is that it? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Did the founding fathers farms, do man. like, do like, the uh, whole country opium? was founded on, on, um, on hemp. Oh yeah. They, uh, snuff. They had their own, yeah. Yeah, their snuff. snuff. That's right. Yes. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were Ben Franklin. Yeah. Jefferson smoked pot all the time, didn't he? Likely. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, he was—he was, he was like a polymath. Freedom. He could do all sorts of stuff. So I would imagine, yeah, THC was freedom. part of that. Maybe. All right, Roberto Lara says, "Surely the tax the rich people should wake up after seeing this platinum coin worth trillions just getting printed or trillion. Sorry, planning to be printed to pay off debt. And what do you do? They said they would print, they would mint the coin and then deposit it at the Federal Reserve." <laughs> Wow. And the feds would be like, wow, a trillion dollars. Thank yep. you. This is valuable. Someone could buy it. What do you do with this? Ridiculous. Could you imagine? There's a, there's an old comic from 2013 about Obama ordering the minting to like bypass the Republicans. And then it's like when they go to uh, put deposit at the Fed, one's missing because they did two of them. And then it's Joe Biden with a bunch of women. And they're like, sir, I can't break a trillion dollar coin. And he's like, then bring more wings. <laughs> I love it. But oh, yeah, absolutely. the coin would literally be worth just the platinum. Like no one's going to look at a trillion dollar coin and be like, that's, yeah. that's legitimate. Yeah, They've been I discussing mean, it since 2011. It's it's so it's yeah. so moronic. I mean, you get you get a twenty dollar gold piece. It's not worth twenty dollars with the value of the gold. I mean, you can right, exactly. Mint something and make believe it's magically worth yeah. a trillion dollars. That's some money. Well, yeah. that, that, that's what I love about those those gold coins, where they're like it's a silver, it's a, it's like a golden dollar, and yeah. I'm like, no, that's like what a thousand dollars, couple of grand. Dollars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you write one trillion dollars on a piece of paper in front of you, it has as much value. Is that coin against the trillion dollars? That's how the U.S. economy works. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I just want to know: Are they going to? I forget who tweeted it today. They, they, it was a great tweet. They said, "Are they going to? Uh, is the IRS going to disclose the bank transactions of members of Congress?" That's a over great $600? idea. Yeah, love it. Can we audit the Federal Reserve? Oh, mm. that's a good idea. That'd be interesting. Add okay. that to the list of amendments we're going to. Yeah, through. audit Hunter Biden every five years. Yeah. All right, Little Tails Farm says, we moved two months ago, got 16 acres, homesteading, raising chickens, goats, and veggies now. I'm networking my new community now uh, and plan to run for local office, inspire change on the grassroots level. That's that is amazing. That's awesome. That's how and you do it. Love to And of course, it. we meant we shouted out Little Tails Farms because they were the ones who built their own version of a chicken city. Yes. And they posted this video where the chickens are like <laughs> walking out, but then it pans to a window like with like a screen and it's like chicken just looking out the window and it's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Chickens. Chickens are so dumb, man. Oh, man. Window chicken. We have, we have these babies. We've got um, eight babies. Trying to just, like, get them to know where food is or to understand the concept of, like, where how to move. 
So we have these little houses where there's a first floor, which is outside, and the top floor, which goes inside. And they don't understand the concept of going inside. So they just sit there. You have to pick them up and, like, put them in. And then they freak out. And then you got to put them all in there and then close it and let them just sit in there for a minute to understand inside. You put your we, we put their food in there and their babies. So they immediately run out and then stand down and then don't eat. And then later when I walk out and saw they weren't eating and I put them in there, they freak out and start eating like crazy. And I'm like, guys, your food is here. Where did this come from? Chickens, you're not smart. <laughs> no, they're not. No one said they were. All right. Mitch Devine says, amazing guest to listen to after surgery. Hate to ask, but need some help with bills. Used all my savings and still owe plus normal bills and can't work. Go fund me. Help me pay my surgery bills and insurance copay by Mitchell Devine. Mitchell, good luck. D-I-V-I-N-E. No joke. I'm getting concerned because I've been getting messaged by people in there. Can you help me? And I'm like, I yeah. can try and build a system. I can build a system that will allow us to help ourselves a little easier. Yeah. But it's coming to a time where people are going to be begging for help. Mm-hmm. They are. It's happening more and more and, and more and more. Most GoFundMes are medical uh, GoFundMes. Oh, that's so messed up. Yeah, that's not right. So messed up. Jacob Dobbinspeck says, Luke said, I got a shotgun. It's fine. I love the show. <laughs> <laughs> Best show. Reformed Garbage says, want to get rid of a bear? Get a Smith & Wesson 460 XVR with an eight and three quarters inch barrel. No more bear. Tom McDonald, Rock, Tom McDonald Rocks named my son after him. Wow. Oh, cool. yeah. Wow. Impressive. Does Tom know that? Tom's the best name. Tom. Make 1984 Fiction Again says, it's a little frustrating hearing about graphene and opals when we're literally on the verge of living in a rean- uh, living a reenactment of The Walking Dead. If we are going to reinvigorate our indus- industry, as we've been talking about, it's going to have to be by producing graphene. Hey, I mean, look, when, when the two states, when the two countries fracture from the U.S. and there's like the United States of America and then there's the American United States, hmm. one of them is going to have to start making graphene, like, you know, build your industry yep. up. Yep. PRCE5 says, Mr. Cardillo, when you refer to the Democrat sheriff who has been reelected four times in a red county, you aren't talking about our Lord and Savior, Grady Judd, right? No. Please don't tell me my sheriff is a Democrat. Absolutely (laughs) not, Grady. (laughs) Grady, with Grady, what you see is what you get. That's always good. Megan Cole says, where is the EO for the employer vaccine mandate? Last I heard, it hasn't been filed in the National Registry, yet corporations are enforcing it. Isn't this a really funny thing? If you're the CEO of a company... I think you'll still technically be as an employee fall under their mandate. But if you're just like a shareholder or potentially a board member or whatever, a non-salary position where you, where you, you still have voting power and, and profits, you, you got no mandates. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to travel, you just pull up your private plane. And if you're rich enough, you don't need a passport either. You can literally go to whatever country you want and they'll let you in because you're rich. That's the way the world's going. Think about what this means. If if it goes the way, you know, you, Ian mentioned Klaus Schwab wants corporate governance. So there's like there's like a news article I think it was Bloomberg or whatever that said Facebook and was it Google should be in, in the UN like countries. These are authoritarian dictatorships. These companies. It'll just be a whole bunch of despots clawing their way to the top for power. Yeah, I just watched a Klaus Schwab video last night and he was giving a speech on stage. I'm about to pull it up. Uh, try this one out. COVID-19 and the fourth industrial revolution. Klaus Schwab. It's from mm. like four months ago. I I Very disturbing. That. He's yeah. talking from like a video chat on a big screen on the wall like that 1984 thing uh, that car- that uh, yeah. commercial where they throw the, the weights at the screen. It was like an Apple commercial. Gino ben- Benedetto says, I emailed Rick Scott and Marco Rubio. Both support red flag laws. Primary these sacks of garbage. Yeah, no red flag laws. Those are bad. Yeah, yeah too many too many people support yeah. red flag laws. Too many on the right do. And there's no due process whatsoever. It's not a right. good compromise. Trash Panda says, there's a video of a grizzly bear kicking in a front door and entering the house. City leftists do not understand rural areas. I mean, suburban for that matter. Yeah. When we're driving on the road, there's deer everywhere. Oh, yeah. And we've had people hit deer. 
So one cool. jumped across us. We pulled in here tonight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Deer everywhere. Yeah, they're always eating our fruits. How dare and they? pooping on the lawn and doing deer stuff for without, without any regard for the no trespassing signs. <laughs> <laughs> Very rude. Matthew Wood says, why did no one correct Luke last night when he repeatedly called Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy Kimball? Or does he just talk funny? I love all of you and truly appreciate your show. Peace and love to you all. Yeah, Luke. Don't be discriminating against me. (laughs) Kimball. I love it. Cornelius Buttknuckle says, Tim, get Ted Nugent on. You're big enough. You got enough pull. Do it on a Friday and then Saturday you could have all the two-way wet dream of a day. On the range, shooting 50 cows with Ted Nugent and Alex Jones. Oh, I absolutely. would love to have Ted on. I was talking to somebody about bringing him on, somebody else who had him on their show. I need to follow great. up with that H- person. His comments for people who took the vaccine it was an were epic. Uh, pretty mm-hmm. interesting. To say <laughs> I, I thought it was one of the best interviews I've ever seen. That was just awesome. That's a smart dude. I like yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be stoked. Um, we are we're, we're building out. We've, we've got to build out the main new studio, which we've actually like. This studio is good. But a lot of people don't understand the kind of like janky setup we have. Could we just took a better. bunch of like small desks and then like bolted them together. You don't really see the desks. But the new and, and Ian's desk is not synced and Lydia's got a weird that's desk. Really I'm in a parking lot with, with smoking the table. The new studio we're putting studio we're putting together is one big table with a bunch of really awesome chairs, so everyone will be more in a normal balanced lighting so I won't look like a ghost. Ooh. Yeah, the light the LEDs go all the way around the, the ceiling. It's amazing. And then we're also working on our mobile studio so that we can go to Nashville and then Austin. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. And then Florida. Florida and then Mexico. Heck yeah. And then, and then probably, you know, maybe somewhere in Georgia. I don't know. Yeah. No, maybe we'll have to go straight to Florida. It depends yeah. on if we can make that trip because we can, we have to do it Saturday and Sunday. So we probably have enough time, you know, if we just drive nonstop. We could probably stop in uh, Jekyll Island. That would be oh, an interesting stop. That'd be fun. Yeah. You know, that'd, cool. that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Florida would be great too. Texas will be a whole lot of fun. Gators. A lot of people are saying you got to go and check out Project Veritas because they got a mm-hmm. big, big, big release. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, they they are they are not kidding, absolutely not. All right, let's see. Normative says, so how do you buy a parcel near Fredamistan? Um the Panhandle of West Virginia, and then you're close enough. So w- w- where we are now, we're basically in the um, like the Panhandle of West Virginia and the tri-state. So. You can hit Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia in 30 seconds of each other. DMV. And there's a great little uh, barbecue joint that you, when, you're, when you're crossing through Virginia, it's right there. And then people go kayaking. And there's the Adventure Center and the brewery and all that stuff. And then we're, uh, you know, close. Like, there's Charlestown. So if you're in that area, you know, you're in the area. Easy enough, right? All right. Blaze Dahl says, ask John Cardillo if he has any ghost stories. I actually do. What? Really? I do. You guys want to hear a cool one? Tell us in your deepest, darkest, scariest voice. (laughs) True story, actually. (laughs) So I'm a rookie cop. I'm living in the second oldest building on 23rd Street in New York. It's a true story. Come home one night, and it was a four-story walk-up above a diner. And I hear footsteps in the hallway. Didn't think much of it. Thought it was the guys from the diner until my apartment was at the top on the fourth floor, and the only thing left was the roof door that had an alarm. Figured it was guys from the diner just bringing stuff to the roof in the storage, the people that own the diner on the building needless to say when i got upstairs nobody there so happens a couple of times after that so i tell the guy who owns the diner the sun and he starts laughing and he says well i wanted to give you a key to the roof door anyway it's good to have a cop in the building so now it happens again i go out the door there's nobody there as i'm coming down the stairs to tell this guy 
an old woman. She was in her 80s. Her name was Jean. I won't forget this. We're going back to the late 1990s. She says to me, oh, don't worry about it. They've been here longer than us. <gasps> I said, who? So What? It's a true story. So a couple of, about a week later, two of my squad mates, a girl I'm still very, very good friends with and a guy that unfortunately died. He, natural causes, just young. We had, uh, we all worked in the Bronx. We had court in Manhattan the next day. I lived down on 23rd, so they stayed with me. And I kid you not, I opened the door, and all three of us saw this dark, pitch black thing move across the living room. We, I thought it was somebody who had broken in because I had a fire escape to my left in the kitchen, and there was another one in the bedroom window that it was moving toward. I draw my gun, run into the guest room thinking, okay, I'm crazy. There's nothing there. Only I saw it. I turn around. They had drawn their guns because they saw it as well. And then weird stuff started to happen in that apartment, and then I eventually moved out. And it, here's the here's the kicker. Told the guy that owned the diner, and when I mo- I had moved out, I just found a better place. It was a duplex. A friend of mine's brother owned it. It was a real cool place. I had it expensively. And uh, about, I don't know, about a month later when they were renovating the place, they called me back, and they said, hey, you got to see this. And when they had stripped the walls, there were upside-down crosses and pentagrams on the bare sheetrock that had been Whoa. painted over over the years. Yeah. It was creepy, man. It was really creepy. It was, I had a hard time sleeping after that for a couple of nights. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's mine. That's a good Kind of reminds me of Ghostbusters, how like that guy that built the building, you know? Yeah. Zool. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, that was creepy. Now I might have some trouble sleeping at night. Oh, great. Ooh, that was a good story, man. <laughs> All right. We'll just read a couple more here. All right. Let's see. Carrie Harper says, I have children, and if you give in to the mandates, you're a terrible parent. Your children are looking up to you. Show them how strong you are. Correct. I agree. Yep. And outside of that, I think complying has made everything worse. Because the people, you know what I think it is? There was someone mentioning this paradox where people go along with something assuming everyone else wants to go along with it when no one really does. And so I think what's happening is no politician wants to take responsibility. Other politicians want to exploit the crisis. Well, you get a never-ending death spiral of destruction of the economy because no one is strong enough to just say, stop it. That's exactly. And I think part of the reason that so many push the vaccine, and do it if you want to do it. I don't. not my place to tell you what to do, is because they feel guilty they took it. Mm. And they want, other people, they want other people to join them mm. because now they're a little concerned. Mm. Yeah. Whether there's, that's warranted or not, I don't know. But I, I, that's my gut feeling. I've been getting that feeling too. Yeah, that's just the way I feel about this. All right, we'll do one more, an important one. John John Stoddard says, Biden has accomplished one thing. He made Jimmy Carter look like a good president. Oh, (laughs) there it is, everybody. Let's go, Brandon. If you haven't already, check out TimCast.com. Become a member. That member segment's coming up at about 11 or so p.m. But also smash the like button right here, right now. Share the show with your friends. Thanks so much for your members. You can follow me at TimCast. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL, except not on TikTok, where we got banned. Mm. Uh, John, did you want to shout out anything? No, if you want, uh, just follow me on Twitter, at John Cardillo. But it's been really great being with you guys tonight, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, right on. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I'm happy to have you here. It was, it was awesome. I released two important videos today, one on YouTube.com forward slash WeAreChange and another one on LukeUncensored.com, which people got for free if they were signed up on our email list, which doesn't cost you anything, all on WeAreChange.org. Hope to see you there. Uh, Tim and I answered some of your fan mail and received some cool gifts. It's on the vlog, Cast Castle. Check it out today's uh, release. And if you want to continue to send stuff, of course, send it to the P.O. Box that we mentioned at the beginning of the show. And if you don't know what that is, go back and rewatch the show, and then you'll, you'll find it there. The introduction was great today, by the uh, way. I, thank you, Luke. I thought yeah. the same thing. <laughs> You're a wonderful man. Did you guys see the Seamus rollerblading one? 
That was yesterday, right? Yeah. Oh, I did. That was the I best. Mean, yeah, mine. People, people, people don't realize this. Seamus is like one of the best. He's, he, I, I think they he's call like, him Blades. They call him Blades. They do, yes. I he's the guy that. from Freedom Tunes. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? He's actually a ridiculously good rollerblader. <laughs> and he, he put me in my place. So you got to check out youtube.com slash cast castle. If you want to see, uh, uh, Seamus from Freedom Tunes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's really, really good. You, you definitely want to see it. Peace out. You guys should definitely check out Blades Coglin over on the vlog. It's a very interesting vlog. And if you guys want more ghost stories, you should go check out Tales from the Inverted World, which is our new show we have over on the other YouTube channel. You guys are more than welcome to follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids. Uh, and thank you. We got a new episode of Tales from the Inverted World, I believe, this Sunday morning. Woo. And on YouTube, there's going to be art. So a lot of people were saying, we need visuals, you know, and it's a podcast, but we're going to, you know, we're going to do some really cool, creepy art. And we're we're all greatly inspired by the art of Stephen Gamble. Are you familiar with Stephen Gamble? I'm not. You ever see those books, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Oh, yes. That's, that's him. him. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. The really amazing, dark cool. and creepy. So it's really cool stuff. So anyway, everybody, thanks for hanging out. Go to TimCast.com. We will see you all around 11, p- 11 p.m. or so in the member segment. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.